Hey, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Conversation Podcast here at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. Today, Les and I got to sit down with Norm Stoltz. He was our headliner for the week. Norm has been doing it for 30 plus years, originally from Detroit. Very funny, very good storyteller. He's worked with Tim Allen, uh, Larry the Cable Guy, Ron White, all these different acts. Been around it, been in the game forever. Real fun to talk to. Also, our feature act, Chris Gorgeous. Chris is a local feature slash headliner. He's been doing it for a while as well, about 20 years, I believe. Uh, He started off in the Boston area, I want to say, Massachusetts. And uh, he's real funny, a lot of energy, a lot to learn from that guy as well. And uh, I had a special guest, uh, Austin Young. He's a young open micer only been in the game for about seven months uh love this kid he's been working his butt off getting up as much as he can very funny a lot of potential and uh it's cool you get to see all the different levels of comics you get to see Les, who's been you know doing it for 25 30 years norm 30 years chris been doing it 15 to 20 me i've been doing it for about two and uh, austin who's just a fresh baby right out of the womb barely learned to walk yet so had a lot of fun with these guys talked about all sorts of stuff and a lot of valuable information in this podcast even uh you know if you are into comedy or you're a fan of comedy or you want to be a comedian you get to really get a good insight into the industry and how to really make a whole career out of this not just you know trying to get like a movie deal or get on HBO or something crazy like that, but just really turning this whole adventure into one long career and how to have a career plan. And uh, a lot of good information in this. And I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're here. McCurdy's Comedy Theater, The Conversation. I'm joined with uh, Norm Stoltz, our yes. headliner. Hi. Hi, Mike. How's it going? We've got Chris Gorgeous. He's our feature act. Hi, Mike. He's here for one night, I think, and then Saturday, Sunday, right? Saturday, Sunday, yeah. And uh, we have our special guest here, Austin Young. He's a local What's headliner, up? or local local uh, open micer. <laughs> well, I jumped way ahead yeah. on your career. Wow, you skipped about 15 then, uh, years right yeah. there. <laughs> that was quick. You better yeah. be worth it. And I want you to know that, uh, for those of you listening, that... Uh, Austin's got the most comfortable chair. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Chris I and I are sitting on a bench. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm my way over this chair. chair. He's also the biggest guy here, yeah, though. He so I was like, guy. I don't know if he's gonna fit on your guys' lap. Over well, there, if I know? was, I would take both those seats up if I were to sit where <laughs> you guys were sitting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Les is running late. Um, you know, as he usually does. He's a, does he? Oh, I don't know. No, actually, Norm warmed he's down usually very on time. So yeah, he was on time this morning. A little worried about him out there. Norm warmed down on a course. No, exactly. Yeah, so did you guys play golf? Yeah. Today? Yeah, we played over at Legacy today. Wow, how'd that go? Oh, it was great. Les yeah. and I, and then a uh, guy that I've known for 50 years, a buddy of mine came out, and he wow. brought a friend, and they brought a friend, and, and we had an Amway party. And really? Oh, an Amway party? No, it was, uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Beautiful day. Wow. Yeah, it's Good been golf. nice. Yeah. It's been real nice, which is odd odd for Florida, I feel like. Is it? Yeah. Oh. I always feel like it's, it was hot last time this around. Like last year around this time it was pretty hot. It wasn't. It was miserable. Yeah. Usually, like in the past, like five years, I think October, even like Halloween. Because when I was younger, Halloween was brisk. Started to be brisk. Yeah. It's not like that anymore. No. But now, if you wear a costume, you have to not one with a mask. Right. Right. Because otherwise, you die. In a f- <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, you gotta be careful. With no you. latex surrounding the face. It was like an Under Armour costume. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. be, being from Detroit, Gore-Tex. It's, uh, Halloween is you, you see all the kids with the, they've got their snowsuits on. Under yeah, them. we got the fattest superheroes <laughs> in the in the country. <laughs> now the kids are all the fattest. The kids, <laughs> kids down here are swimsuits. That's what they, they're all like. Yeah, yeah we're uh, we're lifeguards. Beach all of us day. are lifeguards. Yeah, that's great. I remember years ago we had our kids down here and we were on the beach and Santa came by in a jeep with shorts on. He had his Santa shorts <laughs> on and stuff. My kid's like, Santa's, Santa's wearing shorts. I go, yeah, he's got a thong too, but mom told me about that. <laughs> Santa's on vacation. How Santa's about we not chilling. follow him? Yeah. yeah, it was Christmas. Santa. Was it a homeless dude? <laughs> no, it was actually Christmas time. He was, it was, he was no. running up and down. I think we're in Venice. I thought oh, he was in Clearwater, one of those. I thought he was going to say, no, it was actually Santa. I don't know if you know. It was really it was Santa. Santa. I'm, I'm young, but I'm not that, not that, not that dumb. Yeah. When did your parents ruin it for you? Uh, <laughs> I think I kind of called bullshit before they did, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. They agreed they didn't like try to fight it? Yeah, I'm like, they're both divorced at the time, too. I was like, both your stories aren't adding up. <laughs> you know, I, started, I, I like, cross-checked them, started asking them questions. <laughs> like, I, was, I was a little kid. bit of a detective, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's like, all right, so let me get you straight. <laughs> yeah. You say you were where last night from 10 to 2? <laughs> exactly. exactly. I played Santa in my family probably th- for 30 years. Really? Yeah, 25, 30 years. And uh, when the, the youngest nephews and yeah. nieces, they were maybe 8, you know, 8 or, or 9 or 6. Oh, it's Uncle Norm. He always gets a call. He has to leave, and then Santa comes, and then Santa leaves, and then Uncle Norm comes back. And I got wind of the, I got wind of this, so I called a, a friend of mine who lived in the same oh, neighborhood. No. He was always at my in-laws' house, and I said, "Come over and play Santa. I'll, I'll text. I'll, well, we didn't text back then. I had to send a raven. <laughs> it was a long time ago. But I, uh, so I called him, and he, he came over, and I, I got my emergency call. I left. And then uh, Santa came down, and a couple minutes later, I came down, and I watched these little eight-year-old brains just break. They're like, "That's <laughs> 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 not Uncle Norm." Oh my God! And, you know, so now they're, they're they wish they hadn't dicked around with the guy. <laughs> ah. Now yeah. they're wondering, who in the hell is this stranger in our house right, right now? We knew yeah, it, it really for. is Santa. Yeah, Again, no, I reckon. I had to life. be. Uh, I had to be told that Santa wasn't real. I think I would have gone way too long if they didn't tell ah, me. Really? I was, I was a very trusting kid. Like, <laughs> That's I, awesome. I probably still believe in Santa. Like, if they didn't tell me, which yeah. I'm thankful for my parents. I was probably like. That's funny. Eleven, maybe. You're fifteen. I was way too old. Yeah, like, fifteen. Are you asking Santa for like, a hummer? I got my learner's <laughs> yeah. permit. Yeah. yeah, you can't have your learner's permit and think yeah. Santa's real. I didn't. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I didn't say squat. No, I was like, I'm not rocking this boat, dude. Santa brings a crap load of presents. Why on earth would I question his existence in any way, shape, or form? I knew yeah. it was my mom. I'm not rocking the boat. Yes, mom. Santa came. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Give me the yeah. booty. Exactly. Um, my yeah, Santa, yeah. he didn't bring me nothing special. It's just new Wranglers and a pocket knife almost every other well, that's, year. That's kind of special. I mean, that was cool, but like I should have just... it was, And then it was like stuff like my dad wanted. be like a Milwaukee tool set. And I was like, I'm, I'm eight, though. Like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> It's like, no, but you'll yeah. like this wrench. Mm, yeah, it's a good exactly. wrench. Just get out there and start building stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Wranglers and a pocket knife. Yeah. <laughs> Man, dream big. That's all I can That's tell you. Right. <laughs> I'm still rock, rocking still the like, Wranglers. So you just go to it, up yeah. from there, really? Yeah. Yeah. Was it a nice knife? Do you still have the pocket knife? Oh, I, that's why they get me them every year. I'd lose them. Every so, year you get every, one? I'd lose them They just every stick year. to the pocket yeah. knife? Yeah. yeah. God. He always, he always kept everything. them in his victims and shit. Yeah, I was going to say, where do you lose them exactly? <laughs> Down in the basement in the flesh of my... Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, I'm too dark. So. No, yeah, that was... Uh, went from Wranglers <laughs> to uh, Dexter. Thank yeah, you for that. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so one of y'all... I guess let's just this will be fun. All right. Okay. So, I love fun Do you stuff. remember when you were in, like, uh, Austin's and mine? Like, I'm, I'm two years in. Hmm. And... Yeah. Uh, 
he's what you're uh six or seven six months. or seven months yeah. in six or seven months just yeah. hitting mics and we started in sarasota you yeah. know that bad? I don't know. I, I feel like it's room. not the same here. You know, it's starting hard. in a room. It's though. hard to get up three times in a week. Oh, for sure. You know, I started, dude. When I started, and I'm sure Norm was the same with Norm. It is completely different environment. Okay? Is it? Yeah, yeah, because there was no internet. We didn't. There was no oh. way to find out about. My shit. You had to literally get a paper and look in the paper and see what events were happening, or yeah. go to the bars and see that things are happening. So I started in East Lime, Connecticut, and I went to a restaurant that was running a comedy night and basically t- BS my way into becoming the house MC. So I wow. didn't start doing open mics. There were I li- where I was in New England, you had to go to New Haven or Hartford or right. New York or Boston to do an open like right. a real open mic. A real open mic, yeah. Yeah, they, they had like, you know, they had like uh, poetry open mic, you know, that kind of right, crap. Right. But yeah. there were no real comedy. There wasn't a real comedy scene in East Lyme, Connecticut. No, yeah. You, you know what I mean? We had one comedy club and it was a banquet room, 250, 300 seater just like this. Wow. And they had really good food and they packed it out and I that's where I that's where I cut my teeth. Two shows Friday, two shows Saturday for booze and food for two years, and that's how I learned how to do it. Wow. Yeah. I no s- no I classes, by the way. None. Huh. No, no classes. I never took a class. No? I know. Yeah. I've always been an idiot. So <laughs> I, just, I didn't know you could make money. <laughs> I was doing music. and uh, Oh, wow. Uh, we weren't good musicians, so we were doing 90 songs a night to get through. Holy shit. Yeah, it was a, a million songs. And I'm so in each between, song was 30 seconds? Yeah, no, no. They were all, they were the regular. Just I mean, the each song back then was like three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. They didn't have, except for, uh, you know, Miss, uh, I can't remember the name, but uh, Thanksgiving Day, you and Mrs. Yeah, when it was one Thanksgiving day back in uh, uh, you don't even that know. One? That's yeah. some Johnny yeah. Orton battle New Orleans. No, <laughs> no, no it's not terrible. that long That's ago. That's one of the things it? about getting old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. None of the references work. None of the references work. Well, well, Alice's Restaurant is the name oh, of the song. That was a, like uh, a fourteen-minute song. Yeah. Arlo a fourteen-minute song. Like it was. It was yeah. crazy. But yeah. anyhow, most of them were short, and I would start to uh, tell little stories about crap that happened during the day, to just to fill some time. Oh wow! And somebody said you should go to the Comedy Castle. So I, I. Had to, I called and they said, uh, "Do you want a slot?" I didn't know what a slot was. I said, "Sure." <laughs> yeah, slot and she goes, "Well, you go up. Uh, call me Monday." I called and she goes, "You go up tonight at uh, ten fifty, I think it was, almost eleven o'clock in Detroit." Holy crap! And uh, went in the back, and there were real live comedians back there, people that became very famous. Wow! Um, and uh, but I went back, and that's that's how it started. And I started doing, I did my little ten minutes for about six months, and then uh, Mark Ridley hired me. Mark Ridley, yeah, I was about to say it's Mark Ridley's. Yeah, it was Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle in Detroit. And at the time there were it was East Coast, it was New York, LA, and Detroit. Wow. And everybody you know in comedy went through that's the Detroit awesome. club. Everybody. Yeah, I bet. So that's so six months six months in, uh, I featured. Oh, wow. I never did. Wow. Uh, what was that like? Way to flex on it me. was just it was just <laughs> going up and doing twenty minutes. Wow. You know? so and you, built, you built twenty minutes in like six months? Like, yeah. Holy wow. shit, that's amazing. Uh, well, it, I mean, I look at that. It took me forever. To get to yeah. Well, I'm a storyteller, so okay, I don't yeah. tell yeah. I don't tell jokes. I don't have to do yeah. setups, punchlines. Yeah. I don't have to figure yeah. all that stuff way. out. I just oh. chat. Right, right, I just, right. I just talk. So I would just tell stories, and then uh, most of my stuff is is based in truth, and then of course embellished and right, of course, and yeah. proper a bit of hyperbole and stuff. And it, and it was twenty five dollars a set, so I was making fifty oh, bucks nice. a week. At two hundred dollars a week, that was actually my grocery bill for my wife and three That's kids awesome. and I for two hundred bucks. So. That yeah. was back in the eighties when things were just flying. And that and was just if you had twenty minutes, you could work all the time. All the time. Shows yeah. were Tuesday through Sunday, Tuesday through Saturday. Right, right. You know, this is one of the few clubs that's Wednesday through Sunday still. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, there's not very many. Just you know. mostly just weekend clubs, right? Weekend. Yeah. 
yep. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe a Thursday. Maybe a Thursday. But definitely not Wednesday and Thursday. That's yeah, almost. I've got some old VHS tapes. The the uh, football coach, neighbor, yeah, uh, had a video camera. He was the only one I knew that had a video camera back yeah. back back in the day. Back in and the day. Uh, it's you know it, that's just the way it was. So he would come to a show, and on the way home he would coach me. He'd go, "You didn't do this gesture." You didn't oh, say wow. this word, and he, he was like, "He'd do he'd, film with you." That's yeah, he cool. would. He would do the films just <laughs> yeah. like he was going over a game, like yeah. you did this wrong or that wow. wrong or that worked. And so I videotaped a bunch of shows. You still and have then tried a whole bunch of crap. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I haven't put them on disc yet, so they're deteriorating <laughs> quicker than my hairline. So <laughs> I wouldn't be able to watch those. Not yours, but I mean mine. If I had old tapes, I couldn't because I remember what my set used to be like when I first started, and it was all you know the typical stuff. It was funny. We, we were doing a show in Miramar Beach last night. And the host went up, and he just—he's been in six, seven, eight months, and it was—I was amazed at the content of his material. It was the same as all the beginning guys, right? They're all jokes about—they're all sexual in nature for the most part, right? And they all involve either masturbation or some juvenile sexual thing, right? You know what I mean? It's always yeah—it's really weird how yeah. it's just—I I guess it's—they call it low-hanging fruit, but I think I don't know. You would think that the thing that you're not most comfortable talking about is not the thing that you would start with, but it is. Yeah. yeah, you take like the thing that's most awkward for people to talk about, and that's where you start your comedy life. I think I did it for maybe a month, and I was like, "All right, I'm done talking about that." I, now I talk about other things, but yeah, it was just weird because I could hear my I could hear my own material. Less. material. Oh, Les is here. Hey. Less is here. Oh, yeah. And not every comic does that, but I think a lot of the young guys, you know, when they start, that's where they start. They start in that sexual place. The sexual place. Yeah, it just seems to be. Talk about not, your, not everybody, but just talk, about your, just talk about your dick for five minutes. Yeah. For like three months. Yeah, straight. or beating up your dick. Yeah. I don't know. It's always one I'm of the still two. At using that it point, or beating so. it up. Beating up. <laughs> <laughs> Abusing it yeah. or using it. Yeah. yeah. When you get to my age, you talk about remembering. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about finding it. You got to find it. You know, you go through the the. Because I tell stories, I, I would talk about my children, and now it's my grandchildren. Yep. Right. The kids yeah. are in it still, but it's it becomes grandchildren-oriented. It's whatever my life is at, at the time. Right, it's, it's, and it's the real you. It's the real yeah. you. Yeah. It's the embellished me. And the embellished you. Yeah, I like to embellish too. Man, when I first met Les McCurdy, we were kids. <laughs> we were Les young. was a kid? Yeah, he was a young one. <laughs> That, yeah. the, that was at the Holiday Inn at the, yeah. out at the uh, harbor. Now that I'm seeing you guys, you guys could almost be brothers. You do kind of look alike. <laughs> What's that? Well, we yeah, look alike. Face, you yeah. yeah, you guys, guys kind of look alike. Yeah, you know, we, Weathered, beaten, is that we what you mean, our, Chris? We, we found out our families slept with some of the same people. <laughs> exactly. For a period of time. We don't know how that rolled down. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm afraid to get that 23 and Me thing done. Yeah. Like, I don't ah, want to know. 20. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, isn't people finding out that their dads aren't really their dads? Oh, there's and lots yeah. of shit like that. And they finally have, dad had an extra brother in Cleveland or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It goes right yeah, back to the they, Santa Claus thing. You don't rock the boat. Just don't rock right. the boat. <laughs> don't, don't rock the boat. boat. Yeah. 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 No, I like, I'm fine. Bliss. I, yeah, and I like you guys just fine. We don't need to bring anybody else into the mix. That's yeah. Right. Did you have to go home and paint the house or something? How's it going? Less? This is uh, Austin. What? Did you have to go home and paint the house or something? Why? Why, why was I running late? Yeah, why are you tardy? Yeah, I, clean, I cleaned house. Did you clean <laughs> house? I cleaned house because uh, that, and, 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 and I'm, 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 I'm preaching to the choir, Norm, when I say this. You know, because he's been with the same woman for a really long yep. time, too. Yep. Uh, 
Is cleaning house one of the greatest aphrodisiacs? <laughs> I mean, everybody thinks it's money and jewelry, and no, clean the fucking house and fold the towels. Yeah, it's the quickest blowjob in the world. You'll have great sex. <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, you do have to fold while you're getting the blowjob. You See, must now, continue yeah. folding. Yeah, you can't it. stop cleaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, can, can you buy Pam a gift? What? Can you buy Pam a gift? Yes. I can't buy Sharon anything. Oh, she already rise. has it, or right. she just decides. You know, it's, our kids get pissed because they're like, "What do you want for?" We were talking about Christmas earlier. Like, right, what do you right, want for right, Christmas? Right. Like, I, and they get mad because if I want well, something, I just get it. And here's then, the thing: then, is I can buy Pam a gift, but many times it's really for me. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I just I don't I don't like her underwear, so I just <laughs> and, and I and I and I go look. Those underwear are good enough for Jessica Simpson. They're good enough for you. <laughs> Fuck it. Come on. Come on. Get like the J.C. Penny shit out of here. I like how he You're throws it pretty. out. You're too pretty. He throws it out so she has no options at that point. That's right. Yeah, exactly. when he got it. I don't right. know what happened to those, but I got these if you're interested. I don't know. I don't know. Where's all my underwear? Mm-hmm. Now, do you, do you do domestic shit, Austin? Do you do stuff at home? Do you do, stuff uh, no, do your own just, laundry? Or you nah, do, I mean, I Are do. you living at home? I am. I, well, I have my own apartment. I just... Uh, I have a big pile of laundry that I have not touched since I moved in there. Yeah. He, throws it, he throws it all out and buys new stuff. Yeah. No, I'm not balling like that. But no? <laughs> one day I'll be there. Once I'm headlining here, You're I just can disposable do that. Yeah. That's what you're shooting for. Yeah. Wow. I just pulled up. up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't know the budget yet, do you? <laughs> not paying like he used to. Right, Norm? Okay. Come on. Might be a, a little bit. Get a pack of socks, maybe. Oh. I still shop at Walmart, so I think I'll be all right. Fuck, I still shop at Walmart. Yeah, I know. That's where I got yeah. these. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are the Wranglers? That That's we're right, so Wranglers. Near, dear the, to your heart. the very famous Wranglers. I never, paid, I never paid more than 25 30 bucks for a pair of jeans no. in my life for years, for years. Until, until I was out in Laguna Beach. Uh, I was going to say Miami Beach. I was, I was in Laguna Beach. My brother-in-law lives out. In uh, close to there, and so we went over to beach. Me and Pam, I'm just walking down a little thing there, and there it looked like a secondhand shop. Right. It really, literally looked like a secondhand store, which is out of place, like a bazaar on Laguna yeah. Beach, like a beach you know bazaar. I mean? right. Yeah. So I walked inside, and the, a lady just walked into the middle of the room. She goes, "Welcome to the store of wearable art." I go, "Okay, that's what I figured." <laughs> <laughs> that's how. You, that's what you call secondhand shit on yeah. Laguna Beach. <laughs> wearable <laughs> art. So I go, well, I can't afford this shit. I'm pretty sure what you're... She goes, nope, you can, and you're going to walk out of here with something you want, guaranteed. And she sold you something. Yep. I said, what? She goes, what do you want? And I said, bell-bottom jeans, like I used to wear in the 70s. See, growing up, all our jeans, when when we were... From the time we were, me and Norman, time we were teens all the way up till almost mid-20s, late-20s, all our pants were flare bottom and right. bell bottom. We we and lived that seventies show. That's right. Okay. That's a, yeah, I wore right. a pair of those old bell bottom jeans. And she goes, "I got them, bro. I got them." And so, what's your size? Blah blah blah. So she brought me two or three pair, and wow. uh, and I was like, and I expected she was gonna go, you know, two hundred bucks a piece, yeah, something like that. And it ended up being eighty. And I was like, you know what? I can't buy these motherfuckers anywhere. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna, I'm gonna take them. And I love them. I've yeah. got those jeans to this day. I, I, I have patched those motherfuckers so many times. <laughs> I do. I patch them. I love. Them. And uh, 
And then that, and I go, man, these are really comfortable and da-da-da. So then after that, I bought a couple of pairs that were $125 or something like that. Yeah, and I thing I, these that I have on right here are $125. Really? But the thing I found about them is. Does they it like, make your ass look good? Let me see. Fuck yeah, they make my ass look good. <laughs> <laughs> when you fold me I know that. Let me tell you I know that. I have never, ever, ever gotten a compliment from a woman wearing a pair of cheap jeans. Never said, hey, man, nice those jeans. Are nice. Ni those are nice. These gotten many, many compliments. Really? And I was, and I was <laughs> like, well, I paid a lot of money for them. Thanks a lot. And they go, it looks like you paid money for them. So I was like, and I, don't, I think they might work for this company. <laughs> so now that I think about it, they may just send, like, pretty women out. And go and say, yeah, and just yeah. go, if you see a pair of my jeans, you gotta take a picture of it, say say it looks good on them, and we'll give you a hundred bucks. <laughs> so they <laughs> were fucking, plants. fucking brick. They were plants in Absolutely. the office. Like yeah. Now that Morgan I think is. about it, yeah. she walks and she goes, she goes, the woman looks at you, total stranger. Is that wearable art? What did you know that? <laughs> what did you say to me? Yeah. <laughs> Who do you work for? even there anymore. <laughs> Sharon buys clothes. Sharon buys everything. Cars, yeah. you know, just let her, because she she dickers around. Yeah. I, I bought furniture one time. Uh, we, our first house was we we I, I would call it early Salvation Army with our <laughs> decor. You know, you'd sit in a chair yeah. like Austin's in, and the springs. My feet didn't touch the ground. I would sit down and you know, I would just be like sink down into an like the Yeah, and the springs would be in your ass. We got very few. All of our life, we have rarely bought anything new. That car, furniture, anything like that, we generally have bought secondhand. Nice, you yeah, know, but yeah. I mean, like, but we just, I don't know. It's this was years ago. I, I said, I sat down, I said, I'm going shopping. You want to come? She goes, What are you buying? I said, Furniture. She goes, Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Grabbed our son, young son, maybe Norman's like a year, year and a half at the time. We walked into a, into a furniture store. A lady walked up. I said, Do you work here? She goes, Yeah. I go, It's your lucky day. Do you have any furniture? She goes, Yeah. I go, I want some. Walked around, I found a set that I wanted. I want this couch, I want those two chairs, I want the lamp, I want the scones, I want this, I want that. She goes, you wanna know how much it costs? I said, no. Okay. Put it together, we left. Walked out the door, Sharon goes, you are an asshole. I go, well, you're just figuring that out? She goes, no, I've known her for years. I just didn't know you shopped like shit. She goes, I would've got at least one of the chairs free, both of the end tables they'd have thrown in, and I got the lamps too. So that's the last shit I bought, and that was years and years ago. <laughs> well, you know, here's a, on the furniture thing, my grandmother was in a, uh, was in a, a nursing home and, uh, by this time. And she, was, and she was at the point of her life, uh, mentally, where she was kind of in and out of the here and now. And then some, you, know, you could have a conversation with her, and it, she'd be talking about shit that would be going on today. But then she could flow right into a story that happened 50 years ago as if it, it was, happened it was now. Yeah. right now or yeah. yesterday, you know. So she was kind of at that point. Yeah. And, uh, um, and so she, uh, I, I went up to tell her that I was going to get married. And, uh, and as soon as I did, as soon as I told her I said, I'm going to get married, she was going, she said, okay, I, I want to tell you something. And it's very important. And I'm thinking, okay, here's the wise old sage. Only with one man, loved him as long as he was alive, da 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 
Never, never was out of love with him. Even after he had been dead for 20 years, she thought about him every day. You know what I mean? She goes, never buy cheap furniture. It'll <laughs> stick with you your whole life. You buy that cheap couch and it'll just be sitting over there. <laughs> fucking cheap old couch. She didn't say fucking. But she had that attitude. So I came home and told Pam that. And you know what? After we got married and started beginning to buy furniture, uh, you know, uh, so that we, when we moved into a house, we would have something, we bought antiques. We bought almost exclusively antiques as much as we could because we went, you know, you go to a furniture store, you buy something, as soon as you walk out of the store, it's lost half its value. Yeah, it's like a car. Exactly. But yeah. you buy an antique. It at least holds its value. If not increases. If not, yeah. increases in value. And that was always so much fun for us. You know, I, I ended up my next door, when we bought our first house, our only house that we've ever, ever owned and lived in, my, uh, my neighbor just on the other side of the fence, guy Graham from, uh, from uh, London. And, uh, and come find out he's an antique dealer here in town. And I was like, "Cool, we're you know we're that's what we're doing. You got any advice for for me when you're buying antiques?" He goes, "Undulation, undulation, undulation." Hmm. He goes, "Figure that if anything was made at least a hundred years ago, you know, turn of the century or before, you didn't have machine planes to plane out the wood." perfectly flat. You had to hand hewn everything. He goes, there's no way to hand hewn something, so it's always going to have a little ripple to it. Okay. And that's what you look for. He goes, that's what I look for to know that it really... He goes, even glass, the old lead glass that was made back then. He said, if you run your hand on it, it won't be glass smooth. It'll have, it'll have imperfections in it. You know, and he goes, that, that shows you that it is the age that they right. say it is. It's you know? handmade. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Exactly. Undulation. Undulation. Yeah. Oh, the man, I hope these these rays have been. This <laughs> this whole this whole freaking uh, series with all the teams has been so crazy this year. Like upset-wise or just like yes. close? Oh, wow. Well, I mean, here we are going into Nobody game Nobody really five walked away with, with anything. Wow. Going into this. Houston and L.A. were your teams that had won over 100 games, Houston. right? Dodgers. L.A. had one of the best seasons, winning seasons in, of anybody in a long time. They got eliminated last night uh, at home. Mm -hmm. At home. Uh, Atlanta uh, got embarrassed. Atlanta yeah, got right. embarrassed yeah. at home. Right. What uh, was the final score of that? 13 to 2. two? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that game was over in 10 minutes. Right. You in know, Detroit, in we call that a regular tiger. <laughs> 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 you call that a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that's just a day at work for the uh, <laughs> And, you know, and their manager will come on, we're going to try right. to do some and things better. And here's the tomorrow. Rays got their ass handed to them in the first two games, then came back yeah. and, and did the same thing. And now here they are in Houston with Houston with their back up against the wall. And I feel like there's got to be a little something in – you know, in your head, when you know that the two teams that should have won last night, L.A. and Atlanta, both at home, both lost. You know what I mean? And here you are at home in game five. But uh, it's pretty cool. You're pretty Less, cool. 
Uh, Justin? Yes. Let's be Justin! The time clock is not working. Oh, so no. So, how do you want to swing this? The website's down. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, just light them. Okay. Like Alright. Yeah, uh, uh, because we're doing the interview at the end, you know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave, so I have oh, to leave. Yeah, oh, you're leaving. Yeah, you're leaving. Go, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Just you what know? time you want me to finish, and I'll just be done. Uh, I don't need a timer. I mean, I got a flashlight. No, this usually it's about I, I, I eight forty. Seven. You know, if yeah, if you're finished anywhere between eight thirty and eight forty. Okay. Anywhere in there is fine. Yeah, you want. So, uh, give me give me a light at fifteen. Uh, five, that'll be a five minute light ish. Give Chris a light at 20, and uh, give Norma a light at 40. That's fine. Sound good? 15, yeah. 20, 40. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. Awesome. You know? 15, 20, 40, folks. That's what we're dealing with, yes. Austin. And when you get the light, you can do 5 to 10, you know? Copy that. Yeah. Yep. You know, whatever. Um, okay. Okay. Well, that's weird. Our website's down. So no, when we the do the interview, at the end, it'll just be me and you. I used to just do it with the headliner, but... A few mm. weeks ago, we decided to open it up to the crew and see. It was Chris. Oh, you it was you. Yeah, yeah. Carl, you were yeah. the first one. Carl and Reed. Yeah, it was yeah. Good. that was a good interview. Actually, yeah, it was. Fun. It was it fun. Was very funny. Back, so. Yeah. Now, does the audience stay or they got they go? They, oh they yeah, stay. they say. Remember, I set it up in the front end that it's going to happen, and we made. The, I made the mistake at the first one. I don't think you were at the first one. Yeah. <laughs> I made the mistake of mm. saying, as soon as the headliner ends, I'm going to come up. It'll be about five minutes. I'll do announcements, then we'll bring the headliner back. We lost half the crowd. Oh, okay. So now I just say it's part of the show. So in other words, I go, part of the show tonight is yeah. as soon as the headliner An finishes introspective kind and of I come on stage, we're going to sit down, do a quick interview, and let you guys do some Q&A. Okay. You know, it lasts 15, yeah. 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah, I drove back from Miramar Beach last night. I've had like two hours of sleep, so I'm exhausted. So I, I would stay, but I'm, I'm ready okay, to go. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, we've already, you've already done it. That, so. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll be fun. But anyway, well, this is uh, this is exciting. You know. Oh, yeah, this it, you know, it's, uh, as you travel around the yeah, country, yeah. these things, what they do for a state, when you see – when you see your team in the NHL finals or in the in the baseball finals, you see those people up. Well, I, I was in uh, Miami when the when uh, Miami won the national basketball championship, or whatever. And it, I was in a building with a, with fifteen hundred fans going ape shit. It was a riot, but the whole state raises up. Oh yeah, you know, it's There's not no just the city. It. It's no doubt about seen it. it happen in I happened to be one of the neat ones. I was out in L.A. doing a. Uh, private event with my buddy Ken at Manhattan Beach uh, and it was the final game of the hockey when LA was uh, was in it was in it and I was watching the news that night and it was the last game yeah they had gone the last and they were talking about a lot of the, a lot of the players lived in Manhattan Beach and they showed this bar where they hang out. It was three blocks from our hotel. So we finished the gig, walked down there. <laughs> and hung out. It's a madhouse, <laughs> but we walked up and we thought, oh, we'll never get in this motherfucker. So there was a guy that said, any way to get in? He goes, if you're eating, I can give you a table. But if you're just going to drink and hang out, 
Yeah. No. We're like, fuck yeah, we're eating. We're eating. <laughs> <laughs> and we sat there and they won. And it was like, well, this is a crazy, yeah. you right. know, kind of a thing. Have you ever been in a city where they lose? That's a lot of fun. Oh, well, yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. here. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I live, Norm is I live from Detroit, yeah. so. Yeah. Well, no, when it's at the finals. Like, I was, oh, in, yeah. I was in Tuscaloosa for a national championship. And last year they lost the Clemson. And it was just, there was just a deadness in the air. Like, oh, nobody yeah. was, like, would look you in the eyes oh. or nothing. Everybody well, you can just, imagine what oh, yeah. Atlanta was like, what LA oh, that was, was just oh, yeah. What Houston will oh. be like if we win this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, funny thing, my, uh, one thing that's good that Pam's not here because she'd make you take the hat off. Uh, <laughs> is she a state? She's Florida State. Uh, yeah. But here's the deal. Is, it's <laughs> that so Gator show would go. Well, you know, just the other, when Florida was playing Auburn. Right. A great game. I turn it on, and she's like, she I, and we always say, I go, she's like, how can you root for Florida? I go, because they're in Florida. I go, look, oh. if they're playing Florida State, right, okay. Right, right. But otherwise, I want Florida teams to win. It's right. good for our state. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Plus, I always tell her this. I always go, Florida State's going to play Florida last game every year. Yeah. You want Florida to be undefeated. Yeah. When you play them. You yeah. want them to be the best they can Because then if you win, yeah. it's better. It, right. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't want them to have feels, lost five yeah. games. Yeah, it yeah. feels way better to, to, to dethrone the king. Of course. Yeah. Of course it does. Yeah, than just, like, stop on a dead horse know, or but, something. Uh, <laughs> she so far has not gone with that. No. no. <laughs> well, she's a Florida State. And I know. Kudos to her for not having that logic. But at least, at least she <laughs> watches the yeah. game. At least she's aware of the game. Sharon, my, my beautiful wife, Sharon, she, uh, she won't watch anything with a referee or an umpire. So what? <laughs> an umpire or a referee? It's no yeah, rules. Yeah. So if it's football, basketball, hockey, she likes once in a while. But and I don't like to watch anything. Does with she judges. like any sport? No. Oh, okay. She's I was going to say UFC. She's not a sports. Did you? You're a big guy. Did you play sports? I'm sure uh, you get that. I played ass. a lot. Oh, every day. I played in high say. school and then uh, just a year in college. I redshirted though. Yeah. School wasn't for me. So. Yeah. yeah. And then I tried out for uh, arena football, and then uh, I still wanted to go to college. So, and I would have been considered professional if I played. So I just kicked that dream. So, still thought I was going to go back to school, too, but. I, I took I took eight years to get through school. Atta boy. Eight years. Atta boy. Yeah, yeah. Was it free? No. No. But, uh, you know, when I started that first year and I go, I got no reason to be here. I don't have focus. Right. I'm not just going to do it to do it. All right. All right. Have a golf club. This right. is where I always have the disconnect with the comics. I don't watch any sports at all. When they start talking about baseball, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I gotta go well, get yeah, a girl. You know, the majority of comics are not into sports at all. I know, it's, it's such a yeah, they I are. Couldn't oh, really? tell you, I find most of them are. Yeah, I couldn't really? tell you the the teams that are in it. Yeah, this year. Yeah, I watch World Cup. The, the weird thing is, I appreciate the sport. Just the less mainstream thing. <laughs> well, less mainstream in this country. Right, exactly. It's the a world thing. World yeah, exactly. Yeah. I uh, I appreciate like the sport itself, but I can't follow the politics. Like, I can't follow who got traded, who, like oh, which shit, teams on oh, top. Or people are like, do you do fantasy football? So, I said I don't know the guys on oh, real football. I How did am I that. Pick a I guy, hate fantasy. A tight I did end that from for New England or one something. One year, oh. and it was I've never been through so much drama. <laughs> <laughs> Felt yeah. like I was in middle school uh, again. Nice like, house. Nice. Nice big crack. 
crowd. Nice crowd, huh? Oh, yeah. On a Thursday. On a Thursday. Yeah, this is, is a great club. This yeah. the community around here. They're always they always show up. And they do great audience always. They do. See, this is the bowling alley or the movie <laughs> or the movie theater. That's why I come open for normal. Very kind. Well, when uh, if you're lucky enough to get a week with less, you know. Yeah, this place is great. Take it. I was one of the first acts they went with when uh, when they left when they broke out on their own out there at the yeah at the harbor. Oh yeah. You know when it became McCurdy's Comedy Club. Yeah. They called me out of Detroit and I go yeah I can I moved to date so I could be down to cover a hole that they had. Did you meet less friends ever since? Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Did uh, Mark Ridley recommend you? Um, you you know probably probably yeah. yeah but I don't. I had. Uh, I always wonder how that worked. I don't know where. I, I don't know where I worked with Les. If it was a coconuts back in the day when. Oh yeah. That we did something. Was that in St. Pete? Uh, they, he owned a well, several I rooms. Pete. Right. Oh, I like St. Pete. The coconuts St. Yeah. Pete. Yeah. Oh, Same yeah. guy, shoemaker. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. but he's had. Uh, he's had multiple rooms, right? Like. Yeah, many, oh, yeah. Many yeah, well, I used to do Grand Cayman. Right. Grand Cayman Island was the last two weeks. Yeah, he's down to St. Pete. Oh, the coconuts. That's it, right? Is it just because he's? But there was probably. Uh, he had Miami. Yeah, he probably had eight or ten. Maybe yeah. around. Wow. It was a big club back in the day. Yeah. In mine, um, uh, there was well in New York. There was Caroline's has been around for a long time. Right. And Dangerfield, you know, yeah. Rodney's club was around yeah. for a long time. Is that that one's still around, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Dangerfield. Yeah. I think so. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. I haven't worked there in a long time. And then out west, there was um, you know the improvs. Right. Bud, you know, Bud came to one of my shows when I did my evening at the Improv. They shoot two shows in one night. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they shoot both of them, and I'm on the I'm the first comic on the second show. So my makeup call is like 7 p.m. Right. The crowd gets there at five and starts drinking for free. And it's a couple hundred people, and uh, they had a power outage. I show there, and they haven't started the first set yet. Oh wow! Now the people are, are they're pretty lit. Okay. okay, they're a couple hours in, yeah. and the second show is always a little more complicated because you've got drunk people. So uh, then they finally get the first show shot. It was their 100th show, so they had a party with cake and shit. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. Now people are leaving. Okay, it's 10.30 at night. People, people are leaving. I go out to a house. They've got six people uh, sitting around Bud Selig's table. Wow. Because they always do a bud shot where he laughs and there's people around him. Right. And there's maybe 20 other people that they put in the front two rows. Yeah, yeah. And the rest of the house is dead. Absolutely dark. And, uh, oh my God. So Bud goes, he's, he's got his little monocle and he goes, Norm, it's the worst fucking audience we've ever had. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Puts his eyepiece in and he goes out. <laughs> and he did the show. Oh, wow. I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> but I, you know what I learned from that, Austin? I learned that when you when you film something, yeah. you pretend you're having a blast. Yeah, because they'll sweeten oh. the shit out of it. Right, you right. You know right. they won't they won't know. But I just when they when it aired, I I got up and left the room. I couldn't even watch it. Wow. Because I knew it sucked. Right, right. It's like that wasn't as bad as you thought. You know, because they sure. put laughter in. But you could tell I was not. 
And the people that were there were drunk and hanging on each other and just trying to get laid. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. <laughs> but Norm, it's the worst fucking audience you've ever had. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, never forget that. Yeah, that's funny. And these people don't. These people don't know that this is a big night for me. Yeah, yeah. it's a huge night. I did Bob Saget's CBS Morning uh, Comedy thing that they did back in the late '80s, and uh, I go out there and it's, they shoot it at 11 o'clock in the morning. They bring yeah. people in off the street like they do in Vegas just to fill the house. Right. And it's the first time I ever did television, I, I walk out and there's 20 monitors, and all oh, of a sudden yeah. there's a close-up of your face. You know, you're trying to just work, and out of the periphery, you just see your, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. you, see, you know, and it's it's odd yeah. if you've not done it. So I go, I'm I'm working away, you know, and then in the stand in the back is this union guy, and I think we did six minutes or eight minutes, but he's got a four, a giant four on a piece of cardboard, and he just swings it across like this, and my brain's going, oh, I got four minutes left, and I'm thinking this is just another Tuesday morning for Skippy back there. Yeah, and yeah. The, this is the biggest moment of my life. Yeah, exactly. In my career, I'm like, this could be huge. Make or break you. Yeah. Because back then, um, Les and I talked about it today. You you had to do the Tonight Show. Yeah, and it was a and out of a you know out of ten thousand people, yeah, you know, twenty a year is a really bad odd. Yeah, you make that. So if you could get CBS or do evening at the Improv, any of those, uh, or, you know, doing an A and E. But I'll never forget this guy, just this giant four, and then, and then, worst fucking audience we've ever had, like classic, yeah, classic norm. You know, you go. Chris, you've done this. You've traveled enough. You go into a place and like, you know, last week we were sold out, but this week they got that Tater Festival downtown, and they're giving away French fries, blowjobs, and bags of $20 bills. So we're going to be a little light. And I'm like, of course they are. Of course they are. The only time they give away blowjobs is when I'm, I'll come into a town. Yeah, I always get, I always get the, uh, let me turn this around. I always get the uh, last week. It was so, what an amazing show. They say that like they could not be topped. I don't know who you are, or how good you are, but you couldn't top, couldn't possibly top couldn't last possibly. week. Oh wow! <laughs> exactly. Really? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, following Louis C.K. Or Holy shit! Louis yeah. followed me um, into into Chicago. He did three nights. Of course, he was sold out in 20 minutes, just like he was here. Yeah. No shit, you know, right? And uh, that was crazy when he was yeah. here. Did you get to? I got, I got to watch see the show. I got to see him. I, I got to watch saying. all six. Oh all, yeah, you worked all that eight whole of his shows. Time, oh, did you? Yeah. I worked security for one of them on purpose, just so I could watch the show yeah, a little sure. bit. And I was standing by the green room door, yeah. just watching. <laughs> yeah, pro- he probably did. Yeah. Uh, he brought his own host and two features. Yeah, I, bring, I would um, bring my own team if I was him. Yeah. Who yeah. was it? Was Mike Vicione? Mike Vicione and uh, Lynn Coplitz. Yeah, that's uh, who it was. And then I couldn't remember the other host. Mike Mike Early was the uh, was the host, and yeah. he's, he they were all fucking good. All of them were so good. Well, they're all like, headliners. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. You almost forgot when different Vic- levels of headliner too. Right. It was really interesting. I honestly almost forgot that I was at a Louis show when I was yeah. watching Vicky Own because he was just so on fire, just just every second. Yeah, Vicky Own was great. He was just killing it. Like, but then I re- then then I'm like, are you ready for your headliner? I was like, oh yeah, Louis here. Oh yeah, I forgot. Just, about yeah. About the mob I've never person. seen him work. I think he has really every good. right to work. People, right. you know, was, that was a big deal. Yeah, you know and. I mean, back in my day, back in the day, I keep saying that like an old fuck I am. <laughs> but, um, you know, when Andrew Dice Clay broke and right. he was doing arenas and stuff, people were asking me, like, uh, how, can you, how can you support this pig? And I, I go, wait a minute. I said, you understand that's an act. Yeah. You, you understand that, you know, Bozo's not a real clown, okay? He right. puts on makeup and yeah. shit. 
Yeah, that's exactly. Andrew's, you know, that's the Dice Man's caricature. Yeah, exactly. That's, a character. That's, what he, that's what he does. What, what, his real name, isn't it like I don't remember. Liverman or something? Libowitz or something. Yeah. Something, something. something Jewish. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. What, yeah. So I met him in yeah. Vegas, late 80s, and he was. He was a normal person. He'd sit around chatting like this, and he'd go on to his hey, well, you know, yeah. You know, and Dice, character. Character. and Dice was just a, like when he first started, wasn't it just like a segment in his act? Like yeah, he would dress a, up as the Dice Man, yeah. but he would do he would do normal stand up, right. and then he would do the Dice Man, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's wow. like when Dan became Larry the Cable. Right, exactly. exactly. I know. Dan turned into. You know, he that was a radio character, wasn't it? Yep. Oh, yeah, but he didn't. He couldn't. Uh, he couldn't do it, from what I understand, because the radio the radio owned his character. They owned the, they oh, owned that. Oh, that I didn't know. Really? Yeah, so yeah. finally I think he got it back, and then he, he was able to actually do it on stage. Oh, wow. Very interesting, yeah. And there's there's probably about a thousand of us that could have been Ron White. Right. I remember Ron White when he was a middle, you know. Yeah. And, uh, wow. I remember Ellen when she was a middle. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's... Yeah. I, I still have my family. Right, right. You know, it depends on what, what you want to do. I have friends that... Yeah, way, make way more money, right. and they're on ships all the time, or they're on, right. know, they're just touring all the time, and they, you know, I'll get a call from them at three o'clock in the morning. Going, I'm so fucking lonely, man. I can't do yeah. this. Yeah, I can't. Well, then you need to find somebody that'll travel with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that does sound like a lonely life. Like some of those guys that can have like home base are out forty yeah. weeks a year. 50 yeah, exactly. Weeks a year. I used to be a over the road truck driver, so it sim- seemed kind of similar to what I was yeah. doing. So. Just being alone all the time. I worked Just with uh, the Richard Jenny, who was probably the most oh, wow. prolific writer wow. that I've ever worked with. And uh, I middled for him in uh, Myrtle Beach. We had a beautiful week in Myrtle Beach. And he did not have a home. He had his, you know, his, his correspondence was sent to his mom's home. But he was just, he was just on the road. Yeah. He yeah. didn't even have his own. He didn't have an apartment. He didn't have a cabin. He didn't have anything. Just lived he just out was the on car, the road. basically. He was super lonely. He, was just, right? he would fly. Yeah. yeah, he would fly from gig to gig, and they'd just pick him up and give him lots of money, and and. Uh, but eventually, that wears on you. It's gotta, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. he killed himself, right? There That's was a yeah, and he even did that poorly. He shot himself in the head. And took him three days to die. Oh <laughs> man! God. He just, he went around his brain, <laughs> fucked him up enough to kill him, but not right God. away. Yeah, <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. yeah. Um, Richard, Richard Jenny. Jenny. Yeah, Jenny was. Uh, he was a fantastic. Like, he was he fantastic. Was, he was so good. Yeah, he was. And he taught. He taught me something too. I was supposed to do thirty. I think I did thirty-two minutes, and uh, going driving home that night. The the, the host was dr- driving us around. He goes, uh, "Hey, uh, Norm, I, you you were you went long. I mean, two minutes long." I go, "Yeah, and you d- you did an hour and eight minutes and killed." He goes, "No, no, no." He goes, "What I do has nothing to do with what you do. Do your fucking job." You're yeah. doing 30, do 30. Right. And he was, he was like, oh, okay. It didn't affect him right. as far as me watching his show. And, but the thing is, be professional. Right. If you're supposed to do 30, do 30. Right. If you're supposed to do 15, do 15. And, and it's really hard when you get places like this where everything's working. Everything works because it's McCurdy's. Yeah. Or the Comedy Castle where you've got 500 people, 400 people, or mm. theaters. And they're just And killing. you're supposed to get off. Yeah, but do that's what that's one lesson. Do your time. If you work in a casino and they want you to do twenty and you do twenty five, you're not worth the five minutes that they're sitting there. They yeah, should be out there 
spending. Right, right. So right. be making a lot more money. Out a lot of more dollars you. per minute than what you're doing. Be good so, on that time. You have right. to be good on that time. Yeah. Yep. 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 And I've I've seen people blow the light just because they're having a good time. Quit it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. And it's a valuable lesson. And uh, I was reading a story on Bob Newhart, who's like 90 and still having fun. He was one of my heroes as, yeah. a, as a comic. And uh, he was talk to, talking to Richard Lewis. And Richard said, I'm so fucking sick of my act. He goes, I, I, can't, I can't hardly do it anymore. I'm just sick of it. And Bob told him, he goes, Richard, you got to remember, you're not here to entertain yourself. You're here to entertain them. Right. Go do your shit. Do it as best as you can, and do it every time as good as you can. Yeah. And well, that certainly makes sense. Right. You know, though people, especially if you walk out to a house and there's there's 20 people or 30 people, a lot of guys will let themselves phone it in. Don't. Yeah. Don't. If you you have to create your own energy, then keep creating it. Give 110 percent every show. Yeah. Every show. You try. Every show like it's the last show. Every show like it's a pack downs. Every show. Right. I'll do that to two people in an elevator. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I heard a story actually where uh, with you it was funny uh, I, I did this uh, this gig with Johnny Hobbs and for the listeners he's a house MC and we went to uh, this place called Last Jalapeno oh yeah Senior Jalapeno Senior Jalapeno is that what it is yeah. Senior Jalapeno Senior it should have been called the Last Jalapeno <laughs> uh, I went there and there was two people there and yeah. I had a guest spot and I did the, I did exactly what you guys just said like I didn't I didn't like I was little the audience yes, for not showing up. I just, just I just went in there and I performed for a black dude who sat by himself and watched, stared at me, and then like a two like a couple that was sitting in the booth far across the thing. And I didn't make fun of them, but I did address it. You know, I addressed like yeah. oh, it's just us guys. We did our thing. I watched Johnny Hobbs do forty five minutes up there with one person in front of him and like just did it. And then I, I heard though that you literally sat down and ate dinner with <laughs> with yeah, with some of them and just went through your jokes. I've, I've sat at a table before. I've done. Uh, yeah. In my career, I've worked to four people twice. Right. And uh, each time the, the first two acts were on stage. And I just brought up a chair and sat down and I introduced myself. You know, where are you from? And just talked a little bit and then started working my material and told them some stories. And, you know, 50 minutes wow. later, I said, I've had a good time. They're like, man, that was great. <laughs> it was like doing close up magic, doing close up. Right. right. It's just like Chris, you, you, you get, go to your audience. Right. I, I don't like any barriers. You right. Know, you right, work right. places and you know, it's like a barn theme and you've got a you're in a corral. Knock <laughs> this shit out of my way. Yeah. Like, yeah. Connect. Or, you want to connect with the a, audience, right? A Twenty foot gap. They got a dance floor. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you the, want it like stacked. Bring the people in. Yeah. You want to be stacked up on yeah. on the stage and everything. Look That's what's Chris nice about. Is, look at Chris is exhausted. Yeah. Chris is run on two hours sleep and he's still jumping doing jumping jacks over in the corner. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. Getting himself up. That's how he brings that energy every time. Yeah. Gonna do it. Yeah. This is as up as I get. (laughs) I just go to work. What? That's probably one of the benefits of of being a good storyteller, though, is that you you can entertain two people with a good story. Correct. Versus trying to do joke after joke. Yeah. 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 So I was at the gas station the other day. It's like it's like (laughs) it's not intimate. It doesn't. No connection there. Uh oh. And you've always told stories. Like I, I find that's hard to do, especially when you're doing like open mics and only get five minutes. Like, how did you well, practice your stories? How did you? Well, we, back then you got ten. 
Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. When I first started, you got ten minutes. Did you start? Okay. Did you start in the eighties? Was that when yeah. it was? Oh, okay. Right. So it was during that whole boom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you got ten minutes. And there was probably stages everywhere, right? Uh, there weren't. There weren't many stages. Okay. No, there was Ridley's in Detroit, and that was the only club. And then later on, Chaplin's came. But by the time Chaplin's came, I was headlining. Right. Right. And right. they had three or four rooms. I mean, I could work twenty weeks, twenty-five weeks, a year, and be in my own bed. Wow. Just driving an hour each way, Lansing, Toledo. That's great. Driving within an hour, hour and a half. That's awesome. So I, I would just be home. Right. And I, I know guys that lived in Chicago, and they would work Detroit rooms, and they would drive home every night. Right. They figured their job was uh, four hours away, five hours away. They would drive, do their set, leave. Hang out at the house, come back. Yeah. Yeah. Putting it on a good, like, six-hour shift, you know, like, five-hour oh, That's just shift. it. How yeah. many people work 12-hour days? A lot of them. Yeah. Well, guys work two jobs, like guys and girls. Uh, people, yeah. humans, female, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> We're all good. Yeah. But um, they, um, you know, so I would I would just be able, there was so much work in Michigan. So Traverse City and Grand Rapids had two clubs. Every town had a club. Right. Like. Some of them were, were uh. You know, shysters, they'd get 400 people in it. They'd charge $5, and the, yeah. only, the only register was behind the uh, liquor, you know, behind yeah. the bar. Yeah. So all those $5 bills went in his pocket <laughs> day after day, year after year. Right. So. Um, do you have any tips for telling stories? Uh, wow, that's interesting question. I've always, yeah, it's, it's a, I've seen people struggle with it. I've seen some people are really good at it. And it comes natural, I feel like, but I don't know how you, how do you practice telling a story? You know, does it just, I, I'll come up with an idea. I've never written anything. Okay. I've never written anything. Um, I'll, something will happen to me or I'll just go up with an idea and, and, uh, build that story. Right. You write on stage almost. Around. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I have, um, we do have four grandchildren. They're named Keegan, Connor, Chloe, and Corey. Wow. So a half a glass of wine, I'm like, Kiku, Kate, <laughs> like all old people do. Yeah. And then I threw in Kiku, Ku Klux Klan, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> Kunta Kinte. Yeah, you know, yeah. And uh, so that just grows. But if, if you if you watch, you know, if you watch something from five years ago, you might see a little snippet of what's now six minutes. Right. Because it just, it grows. And the stuff that, the stuff that works stays. Sure, yeah. You know, because when I'm comfortable, you can ad-lib, and then that piece stays, or that doesn't. And, you know, I have friends that have seen me so many times, they'll pick out new words, you know. Right. And, it's restructured in a different way a little bit. Yeah. Then you have people that you'll do an hour, and they'll come up and go, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Yeah. So like, okay. Yeah. Like you're in Led Zeppelin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're steering heaven. You're right. I did not do steering heaven. <laughs> exactly. Do your exactly. best hits. I had yeah. other things on my mind. Thank yeah. you very much. Or the boss does three and a half hours, and they're like, ah, you missed one of my songs. They're like, no, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there's comics that'll do so much time that the audience walks out. Yeah. Or today, now you can be political and right. alienate half the people. Unless you're billed that way. Well, if Bill Maher goes out and does Bill Political, so he won't but, but, yeah, but, they, but a specific built, group of people yeah, go to so see him. Right, he's built that, built that audience. You can't slip that in there unexpectedly. Yeah. Norm MacDonald was just at the Royal Oak Music Theater in Michigan, and I had some comic friends go, and they were like super disappointed. They said, by before the end of his show, half the house was gone. Wow, Norm McDonald? Yeah. He's one of those guys, they though. Went on, he he's went a strange on a cat, about right? Something about being canceled or. Yeah. You know, for years I've said, if you put, you know, if you put a club owner sucks dick on that, on your social media, 
That's gonna come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. I mean, you can't even. I couldn't even tell Chris or you guys, you know, without microphones on. Some shit about somebody without it getting back to him. Yeah. Somebody tried to blow up. Um, do you know Carol Pennington, hysterical management up in? Uh, no. Hysterical management. She's got about ten rooms and been in the business twenty-five years. Yeah. Money's always right. The accommodations are good. Everything's good. And somebody decided that you know, um, or they went to see a show. Of one of one of the guys that owns one of her franchises, or one of their clubs. Yeah. Went and he, and he sent an email to this kid going, "Dude, do this and this and this and this. This is what we would do." Right, right. And uh, or something along those lines, or the or he sent it to the house, you know, and said this this shit should be done. And the place and social media went nuts and started slamming her. And Jesus. She's like, you, you fuckers don't know me. Yeah, exactly. Listen, one disadvantage of working with Les McCurdy <laughs> is he's fucking funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fucking funny. <laughs> Take some Xanax and go to work like the rest of us. Oh, but the Tampa's already down 3 nothing. Oh, man. Bottom of the first. Oh, he's going to be pissed when he walks back in here. Mm-hmm. What I hope he's enjoying himself happened? now. Oh, yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Have a great set. Now, nah, don't worry about it, brother. I'll see you down the road. Are you working Sunday? I'll be here Saturday night and Sunday. All right, man. I'll see you in the weekend. Get some sleep and get home. Kick ass, buddy. All right, doing the podcast. That's cool. He's plugging our podcast. Yeah, right now. Yeah. As we're, as we're doing it. Yeah. Like, they can, like, listen. <laughs> like, they can... Yeah, <laughs> we could just tune in. Well, I thought about getting a. Catch it later. I wanted to get a monitor in here and like run a feed of because we film the shows and stuff. I wanted to run a feed so we could like, see them on stage and see how they're doing and stuff like that. Oh, and just like a little like yeah. commentary track on the. Yeah, I wonder if that would that work. Would, that would be cool. I don't know. Just put it on that or something. Yeah, you like you like change the channel and be like, oh, Les is yeah. still oh, doing Chris, his. <laughs> he's, Chris is like, get me on the fucking stage <laughs> yeah. so I can go home. <laughs> I know. He's... <laughs> you gotta fucking put the fuse out and then relight it. Yeah. <laughs> been stretching this whole time. Ready, set, ready. Yeah, fucking, he's been he's pregame for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, doing Seven calisthenics over there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just ready to gore the matador. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's seven twenty seven now. Yeah, we have no we have no clock either, man. I don't know how you do. Old school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after you've done it for so long, you have a feeling of when the sure you, when you're about done. Like you, oh yeah, you can tell like okay, this this bit's coming up. It's like okay, it's about ten minutes. My problem is doing fifty. Doing fifty is cutting ten minutes out of what I'm comfortable. I like to do an hour. Oh, okay. That makes that's my my real comfort zone. Every, everything else causes um, right. editing. And, right. Yeah. Well, at least you could have made him laugh a couple times, McCurdy. Very nice crowd. I did. I did uh, ten minutes of your old shit, <laughs> and it still works <laughs> like a fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> fuck did the canoe trip? Yeah, I was yeah. like, he's not gonna be happy when he gets back in here. It's four now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the first inning. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Four, we'll come. We'll get it back. Four insurmountable. No. Let's get, let's get two more outs. And, and they've been they've been singles. And stop this shit. Yeah. All right. Well, 
So you did you did canoe trip and cup man and downhill skiing. Remember that downhill ski? That yes. Used to be? It was 18 minutes long. Oh People would get up and go to the bathroom, come back like that. Fucker's still telling the same shit. <laughs> Is he on the same run? Did he change runs? Oh, oh God, that was That's that was in the show for years. Yeah. Lovely. It's a water yeah. cooler right there, bud. Do you ever? Do you ever? And and I know it's it, it's and I get. You'll you'll have a bit you've done for a long time, and then you know it just kind of filters out of your right. show. And then I forget about it, right? Don't you? Yeah, I totally. And somebody will come up to you and, and say, go, "Will you do this?" What about the thing? And you have to really think, right? Uh, and and go back. How did I do that? Yeah. And, uh, I, I, Pam mentioned the other night tube top, and I went. I used to do a fucking hilarious right, bit right. on girls wearing tube tops right. when we were young, yep. you know, and because uh, it was like when in the back in the seventies, girls wore two wore those tube tops with no no bra, no bra, yeah. And when you picked up a girl for a date, if she greeted you at the door wearing low cut jeans and, and a tube top, you, you knew you done, you knew you knew you, you knew exactly. she's gonna be part of your evening. What did it take? Little finger and four ounces of pressure. Liberation. You know? But it, tra- it was true. You know? Boy, I said, true. what does a tube top become about two hours into the average day? A dickie. A belt. A belt. <laughs> I was close. Or a dickie. Way. I said a blindfold, depending on you know, how dickie you are. Or a blindfold. A dickie. A, or a blindfold. Now, there's a thing. Do you know? Did, let's see a mic at your age. A have you dickie? ever heard that term? It's a, it's a piece of clothing. No, I've never heard of it. A, a dickie. I've heard of the brand Back dickie, in the day, dude. a dickie was a turtleneck sweater, right? You know a turtleneck? Yeah, a turtleneck. Yeah. turtleneck that goes around. Well, back in the day, a dickie was a turtleneck, but it was just and a little, the turtleneck and a, and a little with a little cloth, a little bib, bib like. front and back. So you could put on a regular T-shirt with that oh. under it, and it had kind of a... And they were cool. It, it, it was classy. Yes, it was it a was. fad. It was, kind it was classy. Of, it was a kind of. Oh, really? They have not come back. No. 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 You know, they say every part of fashion rotates no, around. I haven't seen that. Dickies have not made it back. <laughs> Why were they called the dickies? tube top? Would either be a belt, a dickie, or like you said, a blindfold. If you have some rope, you might as well you go <laughs> yeah, all sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, my kids will say, you know, do do canoe trip. I haven't done that. He just been first time I got high. And yeah. Yeah. Death mutes at the at the you know going down saying hi and somebody sign in your back. <laughs> um, and I, I do it every once in a while just to I'll bring an old piece back and just put it in the show, and uh, and see how how much of it you remember. Yeah. Because that's that's where it gets scary where you start. To, and I'm putting my I'm putting some characters back in for the theater run this this next spring. Oh, cool. And. Uh, one, to, one is, uh, I do Forrest Hump, which is Forrest Gump's evil twin. <laughs> Forrest Hump. I wrote Jenny. She never wrote me back. She was, she was banging everybody in Greenville, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> on and on with his different character. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, when I was touring, I had, uh, I had three character pieces, two that I always did. Uh, one was a southern character, a stretch for me. I had to really work Yeah, on. I guess. And uh, it was... Uh, did we get him? Yeah, we got him. Finally. Now, I'm just wondering, this pitcher, I thought Blake Snell was supposed to start for the Rays, the guy who was the Cy Young winner last year, and they started this other guy. That seems a little odd. Odd, yeah. Uh, huh. 
Hmm, that seems a lot. Um, they got a lot of game left. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Four is okay. But your characters, you're talking about doing, yeah, you, you I did, did a southern pieces. guy, which is Well, I did, a, I did a, it was actually based on a real character that I'd met when I was doing summer stock theater in North Carolina. Uh, there was a, it was a tiny town. Most of those theaters, this was, uh, you know what outdoor drama is? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, most of these outdoor dramas, the, the there's one in uh, Florida I think it's called The Cross and the Sword or something. And they're all historical pageant yeah. plays, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so we were doing one in this uh, little town, Kenansville. Uh, actually, if you've ever, every once in a while you'll see an oil tanker and it'll say Kenan Oil. Really? And the Kenan family, that's where they, their plant that originated from. That still some of the old family lives in this little town of okay. yeah. 700 or something. Yeah. Oh, you shit. know. Literally, when the the amphitheater, I think, held like 2,500 people. So when it was full, the town quadrupled in size. <laughs> Just the theater. Yes. Oh, and um, and so uh, so the, uh, one of the actors, they used local people to do all the extra work because, right, right. you know, they're, they're huge casts. Yeah. yeah. And so... Uh, one of the girls that was in the play, one of my buddies, another actor, was, was fucking around with her. Right. And she lived right there in the town. And we went over to her house one day, and there was a guy living in a back house on their property. And she goes, you got to go meet this guy. He's wild. And his name was Tractor Driver. He did. He wouldn't. That was the that name was, he went by. Tractor was drive. tractor driver. Because <laughs> that's what he did. He drove a tractor. Yeah, and he's short, the, he's the tractor point, driver. Yeah. Right. And I, I was like, do you? Does he have a name? <laughs> and nobody seemed to know. He was <laughs> the, the guy damn, was just a tractor. Driver. He was just a tractor driver. For his whole life. And he collected sprite bottles. <laughs> he had quite a sprite <laughs> bottle collection. This sounds like something tractor driver would do. Yes. Yes. And they weren't all glass <laughs> either. He had some plastic. Oh, very proud. <laughs> very of diverse collection. Very diverse. Yeah. Uh, a sprite bottle collection. <laughs> so he literally wore his. He was one of those redneck little bitty guy, little bitty, you know. Probably, and it, you you see these little skinny guys that their clothes just hang on them. Right. But but I'm pretty sure he could kick the shit out of them. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. crazy. You know. Yeah. Uh, probably wouldn't fight. Oh, wouldn't fight fair. Ray's just hit just a home run. Nice. Right off the All bat. All right. Nice. That's Damn. what we needed. Yeah. That's what we needed. Is that Kiermaier? I don't know who I can't, I can't see who that is. This is top two. No. Sogo. I don't know. That. <laughs> I can't read. Shit. Is that a, where'd they find that fucking guy? Sogo. I don't even know who the fuck he is. I've seen him play the whole time. Where'd he come up with this guy? They just went over to Cuba. It's like, anybody feel like playing the World Series? I hit the home run. Four guys from the Dominican Republic. I hit the home run. Okay, you come with me. I hit the home run. Anyway, he wore his hat where you didn't even see his eyes. It was right on the bridge of his nose. And. Of course, he one of them guys, you know. Right. And so he was sitting there talking, telling us stories, and just cracking us up, just being, you know. And uh, and I started playing with that as a character. I said, boy, I love it that 
he's a tractor driver and that's yeah. what he yeah. does. And, yeah. You know, and so I played with that and I used to do him and then I did a blues character, which I still do. Yeah. I just did that. Johnny Lips. Johnny right? Lips. Yeah. Uh, where I play a harmonica and that's how I closed the shows because it was music and I got into the audience and, you know, improvised and all. So, well, and then I had one other character that was Etta Mae Fletcher. And Etta Mae was a maid. And this would happen in Memphis when I lived in Memphis. When Elvis was still alive, Elvis really did uh, get into uh, a car every now and then with his guys. And they would ride around. And they, he'd, he would go, let's go give away a Cadillac today. Right. <laughs> and they would ride around. Wow. And they would find... He loved finding an older woman at a bus stop, waiting on the bus. Wow! And pull up and and go. What? Who are you? Said, ma'am, if if it's okay with you, Elvis Presley would like you to get in the car, and he wants to take you over to the Cadillac dealership and buy you a Cadillac. Wow. And it'd be on the news every time, you know, because the yeah. woman, the dealership would call. And you do this a few times a year? Uh, at least. Yeah. At least. Wow. And, uh, That's got to feel good. Yeah. To do. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? How, like, how trusting were people back then? Or it's like Elvis Presley would like you to come here. It's like, oh, boy, oh, howdy. Well, <laughs> well, well, when he rolled yeah. down the window, oh, and it oh, was he, Elvis. Oh, oh, it was Elvis. Oh, oh, oh I was, thought you said he'd send somebody. Oh, no, no. no. Talk to them. Oh, he, wow. he sent somebody to go talk to him. But then yeah. when she walked up, I mean, he would roll the window down. And oh, he, wow. And Elvis was the type, I'm sure, yeah. he was such a gentleman kind of guy. He would yeah. get out of the car, right. you know, open, open the, the door, door for her. Oh, wow. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Have a seat yeah. here, yeah. you know. And then and he'd take her to the Cadillac dealership. And he would get out with her and go, you pick out whichever car you want. Wow. And it will not cost you a dime at all. At all. He paid for everything. And, That's uh, amazing. This is this is before uh, like uh, like Elvis impersonators. Yes. So yes, <laughs> it wasn't yes. like nobody uses like a they kidnapping scheme or anything. Before they ruined the legacy. Exactly. So uh, there was one that I saw on television one time, and she was just she, I mean I she was a, she was a seventy year old woman at least, and just a and southern and and, yeah. and just excited, and so I used to do that. <laughs> That in the show, you'd Elvis, be her. Elvis, Elvis bought me a Cadillac. <laughs> tell the story, you know. But the thing about a character piece is, is that I would have I would have set material within it yeah. that I knew would work. But then in a character piece, you would I would always start if the crowd was good and you you got into it in that first minute or two and they accepted the character and were enjoying it, then I would improvise with it. You know, I just start rolling with a story, trying stuff, talking to people in the audience. Right. So I've had character. So a character piece can last just a few minutes, a couple of minutes, a few right. minutes. But if the crowd really gets into a character, I've had a character last go for 15, 20 minutes. Wow. And the thing is, is that and, and at times you just cut it off. I mean, it's like I go, I could just sit here and finish my set out as this character. <laughs> yeah. You wow. know, and just do the character. So that's pretty cool. It, it's it's a neat thing. Yeah, with, it becomes like a thing of its own, like a mind of its own. It almost. does. It, it takes just, on its the, own thing. You know, you just kind of feel it out. And so, every once in a while, the crowd just falls in love with the character. Right. And they almost don't want you to go. Yeah. Back. 
you know, it, like the first time is like the first time Dan Whitney did Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In our club, well, yeah. is because he was doing it on the radio, and he and I got I I had advertised that he was Larry the Cable Guy, and, and he goes, "You're the first guy that's ever done that because we I don't really." Right. For a lot of different reasons, he didn't. Yeah, it was a lot. He didn't do that. It was just. He goes, "It's just a thing I do on the radio. Right. It's not in my act. It's just the character. Exactly. Yeah. But it's not in my act at all. Right. You know, I don't do that in my act. And uh, we got talking about it, and I was like, "Man, it's really popular in Tampa. I mean, that character. Yeah. You know how popular it is. Why don't you try it? You know, yeah. just in the middle of your act somewhere, just go into it, and, and hell, just tell jokes." As yeah, just cable guy. Him. So do, was, do what you do on the radio. Was his act much different before oh, yeah. he was? Oh, oh no, really? he was just a one-liner guy. Really? Oh yeah, Dan. Dan wore khaki pants and loafers and a and a polo shirt. And <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a picture cool. of him in the hallway. Yeah, the, the old Dan as Dale Whitney. Whitney. Yeah. Oh and, wow. And and he was a one-liner, quick, really? you know, very funny, but he was a one-liner guy. Right. And yeah. uh, matter of fact, he was from Nebraska. Right. But. I think I think if I remember correctly, his parents moved to Palm Beach when he was in high school. Oh, right. Okay, and so that's so, where his connection to Florida comes in. Right. So okay. he, you know, he he's came here and was here for a few years. So, you know, Dan didn't really have a Southern accent. No. You know what no. I mean, he just had yeah. kind of just a base level Midwestern, you know, right kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He was, so. He was nothing like that, but he no. could drop into it, and uh, wow. but yeah, he was doing it on the right, and so that's what what happened that night was he went into Larry the Cable Guy, and most of the crowd were fans of that radio show, right. and they were like, oh my god, this is the guy. That's you know? the draw right there, too. and they loved it. Yeah. And when he came out of it and went it to close, you know, I think he did it for about maybe fifteen minutes or something like that. Sure, yeah, yeah. And then he came out of it to close out the show with his normal closer. Right. Uh, they didn't. They didn't want him to quit being Larry. You know oh, what I yeah. mean. They were in love with yeah. that character. Yeah. And don't so, break the spell. So the, yeah. the second show, you know, he came off and was like that went well. And I was like, yeah, it went well. <laughs> I was like, why don't you do the whole second show? It's a Friday night. Yeah. Why don't you do the whole show as Larry? Just see what happens. It's me. I don't get if it doesn't work it doesn't work we're, right. we're in sarasota I'm, yeah. i was paying him six hundred dollars for the weekend yeah right you know wow. what i mean yeah. and you know this is back this is back in the late 80s you sure, know yeah. early 90s and i said well, just try it what the fuck and he goes i don't have enough material i said just do your act do right. your act but just do it as larry you just do it as the character yeah. and he did he yeah. went and he got found a Flannel, you had a flannel shirt. I, I don't know if he cut the sleeves out yeah. of it, but he found a shirt and a hat, Dan. Talking about Dan. Uh huh. Yeah. And he came back and he did the whole show. And of course, he old, killed, and uh, and then he did it the rest of the weekend. And then I said, "What's your next open day?" You know, and it was a yeah. couple of months away. I said, "Let's book it. Let's bill you as Larry the Cable Guy." And I said. Let's, we'll make it a special event. I'll up the cover charge a couple of bucks. Yeah. And we'll split the door. What do you think? Yeah. And, and he's like, cool. And cool. he had a date in Tampa uh, at the, a Tampa club in between. Right. And he did it there. And it drew. Yeah. And it worked. And I know when he came to my club a couple of months later, 
we split the door and I think we both made $1,500 or wow. something like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, at least maybe a couple of grand. Yeah. And uh, we were like, wow, this is good. You know, and yeah. of course, you know, he just, you know, he just wasn't a character comic mm-hmm. and he just wasn't thinking about it. You yeah. know, he wasn't, wasn't quite thinking about the popularity of it. Or the possibility the of it. Yeah. Uh, and he, uh, of course, then he went to work on it, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kudos to him. Made it his own. The rest of his history from yeah. there. He's yeah, selling absolutely. out arenas. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's got so it. he started that here. First time he ever did it was, was and he, he's given me the credit many times. He's, yeah. You know, he's been so nice about that. You know, we were just texting the other day when football's on. Oh, yeah. If Nebraska's doing anything, I'll text him. Oh, yeah. And, uh. And so uh, uh, we were going back and forth about grandkids and his kids right. and just shit. And and he was like, "Hey, by the way, thanks again for telling me to do that character." Yeah. <laughs> it worked out really good. <laughs> it worked out really good. <laughs> but yeah. uh, Ron- I understand Foxworthy started uh, at one of the chaplains. No. With oh. uh, with Redneck. Well, I don't know about he said, that. He said, uh, "I don't know about that." I might be Redneck. He was like, "You you." Drove a, you took a cab or oh. a limo. You you brought a limo to a bowling alley because the other side of it was a bowling. Alley. Oh, okay. And that that might be true. Yeah, I uh, know that you might be a redneck. The right. reason, the reason, Jeff had the book was because James Gregory, who, you know, was the only nobody merchandised. Yeah. Until James. Yeah. Oh, yeah. James Gregory. No. James no, Gregory James is Gregory. James Gregory never got to be famous famous but he had probably 20 markets that he could go sell sell out comedy clubs there sell out six seven eight shows a week wow. you know I mean he, he became a multi-millionaire right he still goes and works small town you know what James does now I've been doing this for years he still does some clubs he's got Birmingham and right. places like He'll do little Chattanooga theaters. He goes in. He goes into a town like Arcadia, right? Okay, where there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do. Yeah. But there's a, a pretty good sized population. It's the county seat <laughs> there and around it, and you know maybe ten thousand people, twenty something like that. Yeah. He'll find. He he looks for the biggest place he can do a show so so it might be the moose lodge it might be the school auditorium or whatever but he'll generally find some place that'll hold at least 500 people wow yeah and and he goes in and he he, does, he advertises himself he markets himself uh through there charges like 20 25 bucks a head goes in there and sells it out Les is uh, going back to yeah take off Chris jumping from a house yeah nice he did set, Chris nice. killing him nice brother Have fun killing him yeah thanks all right you heading out Chris oh yeah I gotta all right buddy yeah he's working on two hours of sleep right now yeah we're still rolling okay thank you thank you thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> seems like you have fun that'll keep you awake on the way home right oh yeah that's it Driving off that high of that set. Yeah, it sounded like you were crushing yeah, out there, buddy. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always a good crowd here. I'm sorry I can't yeah. stay. No problem. No problem. Um, so, um, he, when James, right. like, 
James came to comedy a little uh, a little older and wiser than the rest of us. Mm -hmm. He already had had a, a good career as a salesperson. Right. So he uh, we've talked about this on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I love giving James kudos because people don't know James and he's a historical part of oh. stand up comedy and what right. it's become. And uh, because nobody merchandised, and right. James developed a show that had catchphrases and so that that he, people would remember him you know it was very strategic had catchphrases yeah. had slogans that he could put on a t-shirt and sell the t-shirt yeah. matter of fact he said he never sold a t-shirt it was always a jersey because oh, you can smart. charge five dollars more for a jersey because <laughs> it's a jersey that's smart yeah no. yeah, yeah he and, sounded uh, like a brilliant guy already yes, he was brilliant and uh, and when James like I, and and James is a self promoter, you know, and he uh, like the first time I brought him to Sarasota, and I already knew him; I'd known him for a while. We opened the club in Chattanooga first, the Comedy Catch, and the set by the second time he was there, he was a star there. I mean, he the second time he came to Chattanooga, no, third time, second time he came to Chattanooga, the local news channel. Comedy was very new then. This is the mid '80s, so they, the the news anchor there, loved James from yeah. seeing him, the the first two the first two times, and yeah. he said, "Let's next time you're in, I want to I want to put a camera on you all day. I want to go through the day wow. of a stand-up comedian, and then we'll edit it down to a little special, and then we'll." tape your show and take maybe 10 15 minutes out of that right and james was cool well when they they aired that after the evening news on a saturday night or something like that yeah, yeah. and it was a it was like a 30 minute special oh wow you know it wasn't just a blip on the news sure, it was like yeah. a whole piece well that made him a star in, in chattanooga wow. the next time we brought him in we were supposed to do seven shows think we did something like we at least doubled it Whoa. yeah we did at least 15 i mean we, we were doing shit. afternoon shows we we were in a 170 seat room and we were just selling 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 it out every time we'd announce a show we'd sell it out holy shit but james when he came here the first time and i already knew that about james you know he was building markets right dan did the same thing he, he yeah. knew radio was his power and but uh but I was, I told James, I said, I think I was paying headliners maybe a thousand bucks then to come in and do five shows on the weekend. And James goes, I don't want that thousand dollars less. I want you to spend it on advertising. And I want you to tell me where you're spending it. And he goes, because I'm probably, I can tell you for sure, I'm going to spend at least another thousand, at least, on advertising too. Wow. He goes, I don't want a thousand bucks. He goes, I want 10,000, you know, at least. I want to develop markets where I can come in and sell a thousand tickets. You know right. what I mean? I, I want that. And he goes and and he had a he had a whole strategy. You had to book them first time, first year in. You booked him uh, four times every three months, and then the next year three times every four months, and then the next year twice. And the goal was by the time we hit year three, mm -hmm. we should be kicking. You know, I should really have my fan base developed. Right. And, and if I don't, then I, I that I've tried that market and let's go on to something else. If if I can't 
get enough people to make, you know, if I don't have a certain amount of money. Because I remember when he came in the last time, uh, and it was that twice a year thing, he walked with about $6,000. And yeah. he goes, well, Les, this was fun, but Sarasota's just not my market. And I said, you made $6,000, man. And he goes, yeah, that's not what I'm looking for. Wow. You know? So, you know, he had those goals. He was very strategic about it. He had merchandising. He taught all of us to merchandise in the Southeast. He encouraged all the comics, have something at the end of the show. You need yeah. the extra money. You need it. Yeah. And it helps your fan base remember who you are. Da, da, da. So now it might have been that Jeff Foxworthy came up with the redneck idea at some other club. But I'm sure that the reason he developed the book and sold it after was because James Gregory. James. Oh yeah. yeah. He told us. He told everybody. And and he, Foxworthy was an Atlanta-based comic. James right. was Atlanta-based comic. You know. So uh, yeah, yeah. He yeah, probably absolutely. got it from bands and stuff like that too. Right? I remember uh, Foxworthy was the first uh, celebrity headliner that we ever brought in because I knew Jeff from the time he was a middle act. You know, because we were all kind of in that southeast. Right. Yeah, and he's a great guy, and I remember contacting him, and at that point he was starting to get pretty popular, you know. Yeah, and um, and so I I got in touch with him personally, and just like, hey, we'd like to give it a shot. I don't know if it'll work or not. I hope it will. And Jeff was like, well, this is normally what I get paid, which was a lot more than I normally pay. He goes, look, we'll do my deal, but trust me, at the end of the week. We'll just look at how much money was we generated yeah. in ticket sales, and we'll split it up fair. You know, I, I'm yeah. not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to beat you up. Right. And I mean, I think he sold a thousand tickets first. I mean, it was fucking great. That's but awesome. I, but I remember Jeff telling me, he said, you know, the Redneck book. He had the book. He's selling the shit out of him. But he, and at that point, he had gotten them in. Like he started out, he got them in Cracker Barrels. Just yeah. in the Atlanta area. I re- I've seen those at Cracker Barrels all yeah. over. So. He got them in Cracker Barrels yeah. just in the Atlanta area. And then he got them in, I think he got it in the Atlanta airport or something mm-hmm. like that. And then it kind of got in more right. Cracker Barrels and right. <laughs> more airports yeah. and, you know, things like that. He said, he goes, used to, we would get a, the royal, the check, the royalty check. For the books would come in and you, the when you got the envelope you knew what it was and him and his wife greg who he's been with forever he goes you know we get the check and greg would be so it says you go oh we can buy the we can buy the new washing machine you yeah right I mean? exactly yeah. we buy the the television that we need we can right. buy something we need he goes that's how much it would be you know yeah. something like that he goes just before he told me this was 19 probably Around 1990, right yeah. in there, maybe a little 91, 92. He said, uh, I just got one of those checks, came just before I left. I pulled it out, and he goes, it was 50-something thousand dollars. <laughs> you know? And he was like, <laughs> yeah. wow. What the now, of course, f- now that's nothing. To him, you know? yeah. Oh, God. Hell, no. you know, fucking billionaire. Of course. Of course it is. But, you know, just... You know, grassroots effort. Yeah, and, you that's know. awesome. What, what was the stats you were saying about him? That he sold more. From my understanding, uh, this was a thing that came up several years ago. Was a question of 
See you, man. Question uh, uh, on uh, some television show was comic. Who who was the most successful selling comedian of all time? Yeah. Of all time, and it was Jeff. Above Bill Cosby, Pryor, Steve Martin, all of them like combined. It was it was wow. he was he was the big. Yeah. Biggest selling Most, of everybody. Like more Here, sold more albums and like here's a here's a funny story on that. There's a guy who um let me think of his name. He's he's in a, he was an Atlanta based comic. God dog it, I can't believe I'm spacing the guy's name out. He's older, he's about ten years older than, than we are. And he had a comedy club, a little comedy club in Atlanta, you know, maybe a hundred seater or something. And uh and, you know, good comic could build up a name for himself down there and this, that, and the other, and good tour and headliner. And um, so here Jeff now is famous. Mm-hmm. famous yeah. Famous. Yeah. And so he gets a call uh, to do a private gig, you know, I don't know, up in D.C. or somewhere. Right. And corporate kind of thing. Sure, yeah. And, uh, that, and his, he goes, my money to do that back then, it was like, $2,500 in right. expenses. And they were like, cool, no problem. They go, but you're just opening. You're not the act. Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> is the act. And he goes, oh, okay. And he goes, I, I know Jeff. You know, I hadn't seen him in a while. That'll be great. He goes, hmm. he goes, but I just got to ask you, you're paying me $2,500. You're paying <laughs> me good money. Yeah. What are you paying Jeff? And it was $2,500. Thousands, yeah, dollars, right? <laughs> so, which is piddly money for him now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it's anyway, crazy. so he gets up there, Jerry Farber, Jerry Farber, Jerry Farber, right? and Jerry's Jewish, by the way. Yeah. And there's say that because it's part of the story. <laughs> so, so, uh, so he gets up there and there, see, they get to the gig and that's Jeff, hey, whatever, and they're talking and catching up. And Jerry goes, I got, I got to tell you, Jeff. He goes, uh, I know what they're paying you, you know, and uh, you know, and and uh, they're paying me, you know, twenty five hundred. He said, uh, Do you really think you're ten times funnier than me? And and he said, Jeff went, Nope, no, Jerry, I, I'm not. I'm not ten times funnier than you. But there's ten times more rednecks than there are Jews. <laughs> it's just math, man. Damn, that's a good comeback right that there. Was fun. That's and, and true. Yeah. And true. And true. And true. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Jerry, amazing. That was a funny story, Jerry. Oh no, those books—they're still on the shelves at WalMarts and Cracker Barrels oh, everywhere. Yes. Um, his CDs, they still do really well, I think, with Walmart. Yeah. People love him. I, yeah, really I remember do. when the Blue Collar Comedy Tour came out. They um, really do love him. They were just everywhere Well, if you go out in our green room, Yeah, I've seen you it. see the poster? Yeah. You know, they released that as a... Uh, as a movie, right? In 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 regular yeah. theaters. Yes, I, I remember that. Remember, yeah. and because because the kings of comedy mm-hmm. did their Cedric thing. Cedric and, and uh, DL and those guys yeah. had done that first, and it had been a major hit. Right. So there, you know, Foxworthy and Bill were like, "Hey, let's do the same thing, Southern." Right. And they had been touring and together, and they've been trying some other acts. And it just shook out that Dan and Ron just clicked. It was right. just a great chemistry between them. And it was cool to have a 
a character comic, and then yeah. Lon was the bad boy right. kind of guy. He was dangerous. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like my, I remember. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's you, okay. But, but that was actually the first bit of stand up I've ever watched was the Blue Collar Comedy oh, cool. Tour. For so a lot like of people. Noticing, yeah. Because so that was the first. Yeah. Uh, I'll slap you there yeah. because that was the first. Uh, that was one of the first things times you could actually watch something with your parents besides like maybe Cosby or right. Sinbad. Right. Sinbad was the first one I ever watched, but then it was a blue collar tour immediately because right. you could sit down and watch it with the family. And, yeah. and I don't think they understand how many how many kids they inspired to want to do stand up. Right. Oh, like well, for real. So, so cool. seeing that yeah. poster that like means like a little something to me. Well, like, you know when they like, when they had when you know Dan uh, Dan and I were talking during that yeah. time and he was telling me what was happening. Yeah. Because he wasn't Dan at that point. Uh, Ron was just touring headliner. I mean, right. he played my club a yeah. couple times and. He came in for just regular tour money. Yeah. Now Dan was already had several markets where he was where he was selling out. You know, he he was he was already, but just in those specific, I don't know how many he had, let's say ten or twelve or whatever. Right. But he yeah. was making good money, and but still wasn't a star star. You know, no, people didn't not know. like how he is now. And so uh, I was, uh, I was like, well, hey, we'll push the movie at the club, you know. I'll, I'll push it. We'll put it up, you know. And uh, I remember going to the movie theater when it opened, and I was the only one in the theater. Oh, really? There wasn't another human being in that wow. theater. Wow! It didn't do shit in the movie theaters no, at all. No. So they sent me one of the posters, and they all signed yeah. it. And that was cool. Yeah. And so, so then. And I remember Dan saying, "Well, hey, I'm I got I'm in a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? They go, what the fuck? I'm in a movie. Yeah. I got a movie forever. Yeah, you know. So what happened was then it went to video, back when that's, you had Blockbuster. Yeah. And that's, that's when it hit. When it yeah. went to video, and when it went to video, it became like the top ten rented video oh, yeah. within that year, and then Comedy yeah. Central." decided to air it that's where and I it saw was it the on, top yeah. rated show at that time mm -hmm. that had ever been aired yeah. on comedy central oh, yeah. and at that point it exploded and their cd sales was it well. exploded yeah, yeah, and i remember dan thing. and dan was booked dan was booked in the club and i just had not set a date with ron and dan was booked a few months out and dan yeah. called me and he said hey man he goes listen he goes, I, I can't do the club date. He goes, I I wanted to, I told my agent and manager, I said, hey, I want to go ahead and do the rest of the club dates that I already have booked. And they were like, Dan, it just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. He said, you, you're not, why would you, why are you going to Les's club? I mean, I know you like the club and you like Les, but you can sell out the performing arts hall there, you know, for, yeah. for 50 to 100 bucks a ticket. Yeah. It's just, we can't, you've moved to another level. Right. So he called me, he said, look, I'm, I'm, I got to cancel the date, but I am coming to Van Wazel. He goes, when I come there, you're going to be part of that deal, you know? And, yeah. and he goes, you don't have to do any, all you do is just announce it at your club that I'm going to be there and I'm going to cut you a check. You know, and I think he gave me five grand or something like that, which was yeah. really nice. Yeah. I mean, they, they were great, thanks. And we went to that's the what uh, Ron we White does too. Kind went of to the titty bit. bar, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, and, and that was uh, and you know, of course I, I don't uh, that was way back. We were young. Oh wow! And uh, we went to the titty bar, and I, and Pam was like, 
she called me. I was there. She didn't come. She was running the club. Yeah. And she goes, and you know, Dan and knew Pam real well, and so Pam was like, "Where are we gonna go hang out?" I go, "Titty Bar." I think is where everybody wants to go. She goes, "Oh fuck, <laughs> I want to go to the Titty Bar." I said, "Oh come on, Pam. It's just you know, yeah. it's no big deal. It's not a thing." And that was I don't know if that was the first time. I think it was maybe the first time Pam had ever been oh, wow. to the Titty Bar. And, of course, we're in the VIP section. Of course. Yeah. I said, we'll be in the VIP section. When you get there, you know, call them, come to this, and we'll come get you, and da-da-da. So Pam will tell the story. She goes, you know what the VIP section is at a titty bar? It's on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can still, everybody can see you. <laughs> like, they're over there, and you're over here. It ain't, no, it's like, it ain't like That's special. what I expected. <laughs> and then we were sitting there, and, of course, you know, the girls are giving lap dances and they're fucking slapping their tits on the guy's faces and yeah. shit. And she's sitting there going, I didn't think you were allowed to touch in these. I said, well, it's very innocent to touch, yeah. you know. <laughs> she was like, it's a bullshit. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is fucking Questioning cool. all of this. I believe that this is a house of prostitution. Just got to pay I'm, for nursing school. What I believe yeah. it is. Yeah, it's funny, but uh, yeah. So yeah, he. I remember talking to him about maybe four months into it, four or five months into it, and he was like, "It's unbelievable." He goes, "I am going to cities that I have no connection to, like Portland, Oregon, yeah, or yeah. something. I'm selling out a five thousand seat venue by myself. It's crazy, just me." And he goes, he said, it's just, it's flabbergasting. You know, all over North, I mean, he's going to, up to Canada, you know, all these places. And and he goes, I have no idea how much money's coming in. He goes, I know how much they're charging for tickets. Yeah. And I know how big the venues are. I can imagine. I, I, can, I, I know what that is. Yeah. But he goes, it's coming in so fast. And I remember Jeff Dunham telling me the same thing when Ahmed hit. Oh, yeah. And he was already a big Big star. He was already a big star and already very successful. That character that just blew up. We went over. Like, he was literally at my club. And then then when he was there, he told me, he said, this will be the last time I'm here. He did finish doing some clubs. Yeah. Went back. He said, this is blown up and it's just going crazy. And literally a year later... I, he's in Amelie Arena in Tampa to playing to ten thousand people. From playing my playing my place and probably the Comedy Works or whatever was up in Tampa right. and yeah. selling three thousand tickets to ten thousand seat arena oh, yeah. full a night. And he was afterwards we were we hung out and he was talking about that year and and he was like, "Less I'm going. I've been. I just I just got back from Japan." <laughs> and, and Singapore places, Hong yeah. Kong, Singapore. I don't know, you know, all these yeah. over there, South Africa, Johannesburg, and he goes, I'm selling out ten thousand seat oh, yeah. at least arenas there, and he goes, I don't need like they 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 speak English, <laughs> they speak English, you know. But he goes, it's it's mind blowing. It's mind. I remember those the Spark of Insanity DVDs and stuff oh, that yeah. came out. They were he was. I you don't want to know why it's something like like Larry the Cable Guy like strikes a chord with so many different people though. Oh yeah, 
like just middle America, like they'll Absolutely. they're gonna come out and spend forty five to one hundred and fifty bucks on those tickets, you know. Well, you know, I it's think crazy. to me, Larry Dan was the first really real Southern character that yeah. wasn't just a complete dolt. Right. You know what I See, mean? He's super sharp. Yeah, because like, like before the Grand Ole Opry kind of characters. Now, Minnie Pearl was pretty sharp. Right. But yeah. before that, you had and Jerry Clower for his for his day, but he was a storyteller. Right. You know? Now, Minnie Pearl was kind of a one-liner. Yeah. But, you know, but you, the other country guys were just almost kind of clownish. Yeah, they're just, just extreme goofballs. goofballs. Yeah. And then he came along and was sharp. You know, yeah, his and, jokes were very good. And, They're uh, very witty, very smart. Yeah, like, yeah. And uh, but but he know. he did remain a bit of a one liner as Larry. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. 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 You yeah, could still true. see it because he has so many punches. Just like in his hour, like if I forget what it was, somebody was talking about. They're like, if you count like the amount of punchlines that he has, it's like yeah. over a hundred. Oh yeah, just yeah. in like that. That's how minutes or whatever. Yeah, that's tired. how Dale Jones is. It reminds yeah. me of Dale Jones. He's yes. and he's a character comic, right? Yes. And he does not stop. Like it's bang, 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 bang. There's no real. There's no sure. real bits. Almost right. Right. Like, doesn't feel like it anyway. It, it not like wrong. really a story. No, yeah. no. You know, it's just quick. There's no arc. You know <laughs> like you I mean. say it best. Like if you if you take anything away from the show, you're probably. F- crazy <laughs> right, right if you took a theme or yes. were enlightened in some way yes. you're nuts you're nuts you need yourself uh, checked yeah that wasn't the purpose but yeah he uh, he reminds because he's a he's just a hundred miles an hour it's all about just getting as many laughs as you can yeah it's all about just that i was amazed at that is i always thought like i look i remember when i saw dale for the first time i was like i put him up there with like sinbad almost where mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. insanely funny just i don't just never appealed but to you know him. but but, you know, Dale, I've watched Dale. I mean, Dale middled for me a long time Did he, before yeah. he developed that character, in, you know, strong enough. Strong enough, right. You know, because, you know, they, he, he did. He worked his ass off because it just wasn't like that no. right out of the fucking shoot. No, no. You know, there was, a lot of, there was a lot of years where, you know, it could just be too much for the crowd. It's like too silly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and he had to learn to balance it, mm. how to deliver the right way, and and with that kind of a crazy character, yeah, like not believable, the right kind oh. of material, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, no, he's just well, you know, it's the thing, you know, when and y'all probably the same way. Hey, I'm a comic. Well, who's your favorite comedian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and many times I go, you've never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, you know, I can name you a Dale Jones or a John DeCrosta or right. A, yeah. uh, you know, uh, um, uh, Eric Myers, something like that. Well, Eric, but I, I was, I was thinking of. I mean, there's there's some guys that come in here. They've been coming in here for a while. That I just, I just really enjoy watching them. Yeah. Watching them and their kind of humor, and uh, uh, you know that are Scott Novotny kind of just great. Yeah. Just great acts. They yeah. just never got a television show, right, or a movie no. deal. You know, I mean, I mean. More than not, down. Uh, They're still successful, though. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it, right? Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, of course. You know, you make a lift. You know, me and Norm were talking about that. We played golf today, and we were talking about the fact how blessed we've been, you know, to have not only been able to make a living at comedy, but to have managed our life in a way to where we made a good living. Like right. he's, he's 
he's still working, but he works when he wants to. Right. And he's raised a family. He's kept his marriage. Yeah. He's owned a home. He's now retired with a with yeah. a retirement home. He's saved money. Yeah. But he's a pharmacist. Right. Norm's a pharmacist. And Norm, when he got into comedy, he had that day job. And then, as a pharmacist, he was able to do what he needed to do to get accredited in whatever states he was touring in. So, when he would, like, come down here even years ago, he would contract contact Walgreens or wow. CVS or anybody that had pharmacies and go, hey, I'm licensed. I'm licensed to be a pharmacist there. Yeah. So... I'm going to be there working the comedy club. I'm free during the days between oh, this hour awesome. and this hour. So if somebody, if you need, like yeah. some, you you need somebody in a pinch, somebody wants off work or whatever, yeah. and he would literally come down and pick up a couple of that's pharmacy a, shifts. Well, awesome. hell, he makes killer money. I love that, that hustle. Uh huh. And it's like you have wow. another income, and that was the thing about me sliding into the comedy club business was that. I met Pam and married her, and I went, being on the road all the time, it ain't going to work out. No. You know, and mm. I'm not losing her. No. You know, so it was either move to New York or L.A., get a day job, do comedy there and just there, you know, and, and then, but we, we don't like Los Angeles. It's too congested. It's too yeah. crowded. It's just too, too, too much. much. Yeah. And uh, it's fun to go party there, but I want to live in it. Yeah. And... We like Manhattan, but it's too expensive. Well, yeah, we you know, expensive. you had to. We knew, and, and if we ever started a family, unless you're really wealthy, yeah, you can't live in Manhattan. So we would end up moving to Jersey or right. something out I go that sure. defeats the purpose yeah. of being up there. Yeah. So we were like, we knew we were in love with Sarasota, and we we're like, well, if we can go down there, get a little weekend room going. To the point where it's making enough money that Pam can run the club. I can cut my touring back to no more than two weeks a month, which puts me away from her 10 to 12 days. And I go, that we had talked about it. That was very, we were both very comfortable with that. Yeah, it's reasonable. I said, I'll never do more than that. And, uh, you know, and we can have a nice life. Man. You know, we never figured you know, you're going to make a shitload of money or anything like that. Have a nice life. And yeah. Do it. And it's worked out better than we thought it would. Oh, I mean, yeah. You know? Fuck yeah. Though. And uh, as soon as Taylor was born, I was like, done with the road. Yeah. 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 I did that for 10 years, and the road begets the road. Yeah. After a while, it's a road is, a, the, to me, the road's a place to develop. Sure. But yeah. once you are developed, right. I mean, once you're developed, then you. Are you just going to stay on the road? Because if you do, that's what you're going to do. Yeah. You're just going to stay on the road. You're not becoming famous on the road. No. You know, somehow, either through now, the internet, yourself. Right. But the internet, when you say through the internet, the internet is just a television show. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing. Another it's a screen. TV show. Yeah. You know, and so somewhere you got to get that yeah. to become famous enough that you, you take that next leap. Yeah, you know, kind of a deal, but you know, we've talked about this many times, and you know, but we we have, you know, just, but that that's a big deal is is having, is, that's what I taught when I did the up there that the career management thing with everybody was. Yeah, I'm kind of mad I missed that. If you do two things as a comedian when you get started, first and foremost, 
save $50 a month. Save $50 a month. Start a retirement account. Yeah. You know, maybe just buy an IRA at the beginning. Whatever. Save $50 a month. Because it because $50 a month over 40 years at a 5% net, you're going to have over $100,000 saved. Right. Now, you can't retire on that. But let me tell you what. When you're 65 years old and you're still doing comedy, because you still will be. Yeah. It sure is going to be nice to have a hundred thousand dollars sitting over there yeah. when you need it. Yeah. Instead of working month, to, you know, Eat having a couple of thousand dollars in the right. bank and you're yeah. sixty-five years old. Sure. So that was number one. And the other thing is, look at, think about, uh, think about that you're going to live healthy, healthy doing comedy, being, you know, active mm-hmm. and everything, at least till 80, at least 80. Let's, I said 80, you said 90 seems like a push, but let's take it to 80. Yeah. Where do you want to be? How do you want, how do you picture yourself at 80? Where are you living? What kind of house are you living in? What kind of, what kind, where are you living? What are you doing? What's your life like at 80? How do you want it to be? Not yeah. gloom and doom. No. How do you yeah. picture yourself 80, successful 80, you know, comfortable 80. Yeah. Comfortable. Not rich, right. especially. Hey, if that works and you, you do, great. That's, that's, that's gravy. You know, I don't think, I don't, like I tell them, I go, don't pull your dreams back. And not dreams, goals. Your goals don't back. Pull your goals back. Have the goals. But Chichi Rodriguez, famous golfer. Yeah. Famous professional golfer always said, whenever you play around the golf, you should have a goal. You should have a goal of what you want to do that day. The most important thing in the world is be willing to change your goals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if all of a sudden you make a tri- two triple bogeys in a, war, uh, in a row, yeah. you're, mm, you're probably going to need to change your goal that day a okay. little bit. Adjust accordingly. Adjust accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but look at yourself there because that that gives you a, a road. It gives you a path to move towards. You know what you're moving towards. You're not just going year to year, you know, hoping, yeah. oh, I hope I get to middle everywhere. Oh, I hope I get to headline everywhere. Oh, I hope I get a television show. Oh, and then I hope I make it, you know, you're, then you're just trying to catch up. Yeah. But make, see that, and then, and then start making a plan for yourself to yeah. get there. You know, save money, make a plan. And, uh, and then the only other thing that I told them was if, if you want to be a road comic, I mean, you really want to do that. That you go. I don't want to go get the day job. I don't want. I want. I would rather yeah. be forty weeks on the road the rest of my life. And I have a lot of friends that have done that for thirty, forty years. You yeah. Know? I'd rather do that. I go. Don't get married. Yeah. Don't get married. Yeah. Because it ain't gonna work out. Never does. If you're gone more than you're there, there are. There are some exceptions, exceptions yeah. but they're few and far between. Yeah. And I went, you know, then just accept that that's the deal and don't marry 
the waitress at the Cincinnati right, right, right. Uh, ho-ho house <laughs> because you're 10 years in and you're lonely. Yeah, exactly. You're on the road all the you're time. You're scared. And she, she, you know, was attracted to you and you had the best fucking time of your life that week with her. Yeah. And then she, you're starting to, she comes out and meets you and da 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 and you're just like, and you, you get lulled into, yeah. into marrying her, but you're not willing to stop touring. And then on top of that, you have a kid. Well, yeah. How you going to catch up with your money when you're having to split everything in half? Right. You know? So. That's like a, a David Tell. David Tell committed to that. Like exactly what you said. Everything yes. you just said, he, he, he did that. He, yep. He committed to being a club comic. And sure. He, he, you know, he, he's dipped into like greater fortunes and stuff, but his goal from the, from the get-go was to be a road comic, a yeah. club comic. And, you know, there's, that, Never that's got married. fine, no, that's that's fine when you're okay with when that. When you're okay with that, right. You know, you've made that decision. That's your yeah. lifestyle. You like it. And there's a lot of comics out there that love the road life. I, I, like I mean, it. they they really do. They enjoy yeah. it, and uh, you know they got them a, a little condo somewhere they bought, yeah, and a dependable car, a comfortable car, mm-hmm. and they can fly to a bunch of the gigs, and you know they are happy as shit. Yeah, and, and that's that's great. Some people are cut but, out for it, yeah. you know. But just do everything you can to avoid. Going into your fifties yeah. with no money in the bank, right? It it, it starts to get really stressful because yeah. the idea at that point you're you're seeing that, hey, I've been doing this for twenty years, you know. Yeah, yeah. Let's just say at least, yeah. And I've never gotten a big pop now yeah. i've never got i've tried i've tried and i do real and i've got a great show and i can work and yeah. i can get headline gigs but i've never gotten a television show i've never gotten no, yeah. anything that takes me to the next level sure yeah. well the idea that that's going to happen but that it ha- yeah. didn't happen between 30 and 50 but it's going to happen between 50 and 70 you know, even in your own head, even though you're not giving up, yeah. but even in your own head, you know the odds are, yeah. are dropping off. Is Rodney Dangerfield might be like one of the only sure. exceptions. One yeah. of the few guys. Yeah, very, in a, very. In a time few. where you probably could do that, though, too, at the same yeah. time, you know. Well, that, in a time where if you got on The Tonight Show, mm-hmm. there was a way to become an overnight success. And pull it together. The yeah. Tonight Show was so massive yeah what is what is the way to become an overnight success now i don't even know i don't think i don't viral video yeah but but even with a viral video i mean that would be but not really though because it's a viral video every day but you but you got to be ready to capitalize on right right right. you have to have that background of uh of work that's right to match it so like bill burr that's right his big philly rant you know he already he had years of experience, and then once that Philly rant came out, that was huge. He was ready. Yeah, yeah he was he ready a, for that. He had a ton of material right. as good as that. Right. As good as that, yeah. That, now people yeah. go, who is this guy? Yes. Yeah. And I love now yeah. you're like, oh, man, he's got, I just watched 10 yeah. little right. YouTubes of him or whatever that are just as funny as right. that. Sure, yeah. You're ready, yeah. you know, but you got to be ready. I mean, right. you got to have a... a I mean, like, I mean, literally having to Dunham. But Dunham was already very, very successful. 
But he went to another level. Just with went, that with Ahmed. With Ahmed. Yeah. That's exactly right. He yeah. went to another level. But I mean he, he had he he was he had the body of work. Yeah. Right. He was he was he was built up right. to that point. So, you know, I mean overnight six I mean, but going back to that, when Rodney hit on the Tonight Show, right. he yeah. was ready. Yeah, right. yeah, he was ready to step in front of crowds yeah. and do an hour and kill. Yeah, when Roseanne, she was a, she was a, when she hit the Tonight Show, she was a star the next day. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah, but she was ready. She was she ready. She was already a headliner. Yeah, she could go out and capitalize on that, get all the club work and stuff, and go and kick ass. And kick ass, yeah. You know, and as opposed to there's some acts that have hit on these shows AGT. like America's Got Talent or back when Last Comic Standing and stuff like that. And they got they literally only have 15, 20 minutes of material. Yeah. yeah. And now they're a celebrity with and they can't back it up. Right. And the, and, and they so get one they, shot at you that. Shot yeah. Your, exactly. Yeah, you, you just shot burned your gun so many you blew your load. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. Now a, a, an example of someone who did that but still became a huge star was Amy Schumer. Yeah. Amy Good point. Didn't win it, but right. she was a top yeah. five or whatever. Yeah, she yeah. and she was a fast. twenty twenty five minute act. Yeah, and she went out and developed and just worked real hard. And she didn't hit right out of the bat, but it brought notice to her. Mm-hmm. So it got her to where she could get on other little cable shows as a guest and things like sure. that. She really worked it, and I mean, it took her a, a while. I mean. From the time she was on Last Comic Standing until she was a serious star, I'm betting that was at least 10 years. Oh, yeah. wow. At least. I didn't know at that. At least, yeah. yes. Wow. You know, she was getting stuff, getting stuff, but still. It I was, remember the first hard. time I saw her was on a Comedy Central roast. Yeah. She was a roaster, and uh, no idea who she was, but she was very funny, and I could tell she belonged there. Right. Yeah. I could really tell, yeah. That's what, what really blew her up, too, was that roast. Yeah. So that's what kind of started yeah. her Well, trajectory. it was funny because somebody goes... Who the fuck is Amy Schumer and Anthony Jezelnik? Like, who the fuck are these names? Because like they have, the, I mean, they yeah. have odd names. Right. And next, like four, five years later, they're, they're on top of the game right yeah, now. Exactly. You know, it's pretty funny how that Arena works. Sellout. I just noted they put Snail in. I, I thought they were starting him for the race. Yeah. And uh, and they started somebody else, and I thought they were going to start Snail. I, 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 that was seemed odd. They giving him a break or something? I think no. he might have gotten. Strained and practice. I don't remember. I don't follow that, baseball. I don't know. Snell. So he closed Tuesday yeah. night, but he just threw. Yeah. He didn't throw more than twenty pitches. Right. Uh, but it's anyway. a, a forfeiting. So. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, anyway, uh, well, you know, first time Amy came down here when I booked her as a headliner, um, I had several club owners tell me they go, she can't close. She doesn't have enough time. And her agent swore to God that she had 40, solid 45. And they went, no, she doesn't. And so when I picked her up at the airport, driving over to the uh, hotel or whatever, I said, look, I said, Amy, I, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not asking you this to put you down or anything like that. Or I said, I don't want you up on stage trying to do something that you're not prepared to do. I want you to have a good experience here. How much time are you comfortable with? And she told me, right, you know, she said 2025. I said, okay, that's cool. Do that. 
I mean, if you're having fun with them and it goes longer, but don't do I – mean, I'm going to expect you to do 20 to 25. I said, it's easy, man. I said, if we want to, I can do 30, put a middle end to do 30. You do 25 to 30. That's enough show. I mean, it's plenty. I said, have you ever done improvisation before? She went, nope. I said, look, if you're willing to do it, I can teach you a couple of very easy improvs that you and I can do at the end of the show. I said, I watched you on Last Con Standing. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I thought you were funnier off stage than on stage. You were funny on stage, but you were just as funny right. off stage. Yeah. I said, you, you're somebody that you're a young comic that when you really come into your own, when you yeah. realize, when you get comfortable with just being you funny, Yeah. you know what I mean? Trust that. Right. I mean, when it's you up there. You're hilarious. You're, yeah. And, I mean, you know, because, you know, you're. When you're you don't know that yet, so you're you're still you're still doing material that's kind of uh, the stuff you see other people do, right? And stuff right. like rather than just what your instincts are. Yeah. And so she and she's fearless. Yeah. She's just fucking fearless, and uh, as everybody knows now. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, she was like, "I'll do improv with you." I go, "Great!" And we went out and did two improvs. Uh, I think a fill in the blank. <laughs> And yeah. uh, I don't remember what the other one was, but we did a couple of easy improvs. Maybe we told a story, you know, storytelling where we just passed the story back and forth, something like that. And each, every night, we would, we would, the two improvs would last another 20 minutes, at least 10 minutes on each one. Well, she did her 25. We do the two improvs. There's your, there's your headline set. Right. Had a blast. Mm -hmm. Funny as shit every time. And uh, and uh, and she did that the first two times she came in, and then the third time she came in, she goes, "Les, we don't need to do the improv anymore. I got it." Huh. I said, no, "I like doing the improv." <laughs> she goes, "We don't need to do the improv anymore. I got it." Oh, okay. and she had it right. And you know, something too was at that point we had the two bedroom house. Oh yeah, right behind the club. Very nice. Very mm -hmm. nice house very well furnished I and mean, we've always put the comics up in a very yeah. comfortable nice place for sure but she was in the, it was just and we didn't put anybody with her I I never put a female comic right. with another comic that they don't know right. yeah. and, and approve it ever ever yeah, it's yeah. too weird yeah. and so but she you know she got in there that first night and she's by herself and she's in a house and you know it's yeah. it just you know somebody could break it just, yeah. she was Eerie. uncomfortable and she could have called me and said, hey, Les, like most anybody else would, hey, Les, you know. Uh, and she was doing pretty well by then. She was selling tickets. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was paying her pretty good money. I mean, I don't know what she's making then, but yeah. she was doing pretty well. Yeah. And, but uh, I was, we, I think I was going to, I was picking her up. I said, I'll come by and get you. She goes, don't worry about it. I got a ride. She goes, I'm not at the house. You know, the house is everything all right? She goes, yeah, I was just a little uncomfortable being by myself. The house is fine, but I was just, she goes, I just checked into a hotel. I go, where are you? She goes, the Ritz. I go, oh. Oh. Okay. Well, good for you. Yeah. But you know what I loved about her was she didn't, she didn't call me and said, I can't stay at the house. I need a hotel. Yeah. She just. Took care of herself. Went down, the, she just grabbed her shit, called a cab, yeah. went, called the Ritz. You got a room. How much is it? Cool. Yeah. She went down there. She paid for it. Oh, wow. Never asked me wow, yeah. anything. 
You know what I mean? And well, I that's go. A, that's a big girl. <laughs> that's a big girl. That's yeah, a big, exactly. big panties girl. <laughs> that's a big panties. You know, yeah. and I go, that's not most no. comedians when they're, they yeah. whine and bitch. Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know, and I, you know, and, and if she had to call me and said, look, I'm really not comfortable enough, I wouldn't have put her in the Ritz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'd have put her in a nice hotel. Right. I wouldn't yeah. have put her in a shit hotel. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I'd have put her in a decent hotel sure. and da, da, da. And she probably thought about it, and she goes, well, I want to get a hotel. Oh, there's a Ritz here. Well, I can call Les, but he ain't putting me in the fucking Ritz. <laughs> and that's where I want to stay, so I'll just go, you know. Yeah, that's a, that that's was, an that adult thing to do. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know like, what I mean? I was like, you know, yeah, yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. You know? It's great. Uh, yeah. She was awesome. Yeah. I know when she came to Tampa and got on stage and I guess they, she caught some heat for oh, yeah, slamming I, I Tampa. Saw that. Yeah, something was, slamming Tampa. It was I people Trump or I actually had a news channel call me. You know, go, no we'd shit. like a statement from you. Now, you, you, Amy's played your club, Donna. What do you think about what she said? And I go, have you seen her show? Yeah. <laughs> have you seen her show? Have you seen what she does? Yeah, exactly. Th- that shocked people? Yeah, yeah exactly. She said that? I said, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, did everybody go see Amy Schumer and never seen her before? Yeah. I said, For real? fucking stupid. That's of a course, good point. That's what she does. Yeah. She's, That'd be like know. complaining about seeing Jeff Dunham, but you're scared of puppets or something like yeah. that. Yeah. How yeah. far removed are you? It'd be like going you? to see yeah. Louis C.K. when yeah. he came and being like, well, that guy was offensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 No shit. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? That's how he bills it. Idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's a good point. Sure, of course it is. Yeah, yeah hard, did they do the research? <laughs> did you, did you, yeah. Did you yeah. Bother, There's Google. Did you bother to even well, look up God, the comic? YouTube. Fuck. Just watch one of her bits before you s- drop $80 at a theater <laughs> yeah. or whatever. That's how you we choose your entertainment? In, she wasn't like that in her last movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, no. Well, yeah, yeah, she was with, ain't a movie. You know, yeah. shit. Fucking Stand movie. Stand up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's some funny stuff. Yeah, it's got to be... Co-starring LeBron James. I like a <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I like a Bill Burr's theory on like the the outrage. He's like, I think it's like eight people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he that's goes, right. I would agree because I think it's like eight, nine people on a Twitter feed, and then everybody thinks it's like a big thing. I would yeah. totally agree. He was like, talking to like Burr totally Kreischer because like yeah. something he did something. And he's like, the, and people were offended. And he called Burr for like counseling, and he's like, yeah, a lot of people are upset. And Burr's like, who's upset? Your neighbor? You see yeah. these people? They're then you have nothing to yeah. worry about it. Yeah, it's they just, burn yeah. on they knock on your door. Like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really do. I think it's like a few people that, that make a big stink on it and yeah. they and they start a problem. That's exactly like uh, I saw Pete Davidson from SNL got in trouble. He was at UCF. Uh-huh. Was it UC, UCF? Yeah, it was, it was UCF. UCF. And they and part of his contract was you got to put your fucking phones away. Yeah. And people were filming him and he's he's like, you know, put your fucking phones away, you little assholes, and he called them privileged little assholes. And then proceeded to go on with the show and had, had a very successful show, but the way that they the they, they, the clickbait articles that they wrote about it was like, he slams uh, uh kids for being privileged little assholes and bombs oh, yeah. on stage. Pete Davidson's losing his mind. You know what I mean? And it's like no. Sure. Well, once know. again, it's all fucking it's bullshit. The media just yeah. clickbait. You know, I mean, you know, when Trump goes out there and rants on all the fake news, and which is not all fake news, but a lot of it is. It is not genuine. S- it's stretched. Yeah. It's not accurate. No. And and it, they because they're selling 
Right. They're, they're, they're trying to create some, they're taking anything they can out of context and blowing it up so that they can get more attention so they can sell advertising. Exactly. Cialis. And as soon as, as, as soon as news <laughs> went to 24 hours a day oh, yeah. on fucking 40 different channels. That's too much well, pressure well, on you the go, news. It, they're, they're competitors now, and they have to sell advertising to stay yeah. afloat. And, and so they got to figure out what kind of sponsors they're going to get, which means that means we have to kind of pattern what we say and how we say it towards what our sponsors right. are. And, uh, and, yeah, that's like, well, yeah, you, you're yeah. getting – you're getting information, right. but yeah. you're getting it from that perspective, you know? And it's just like, if you want to say, well, that was the news. Well, yeah, that's the Bible. But how many Christian religions are there? <laughs> right. Hundreds. There's so yeah. many denominations. Hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds. Because everybody interprets that, yeah. those words, yeah. same words, same thing. Yeah. But this is what I think it means, and yeah. that's what the news has become. I saw there was a guy on NPR the other day that was talking about the software now that will that like where they can put your face on deep on fake another body right you yeah. know and, and and basically make you do anything they can right. have, they can have you having sex with a child yeah you know yeah. what i mean yeah and and put it up there and he goes he goes we have got he goes it's getting so sophisticated within a very short time and he goes i'm talking about a year or two it's going to be so sophisticated, you're not going to be able to tell. You will have to take it to a professional, like, tech pro yeah. that can do what they need to do to prove that that wasn't you. Tamper yeah. with you. know what I mean? That that's something else. And then you'll have to take it, and, and that'll take time. You know what I mean? So something is released about you that is totally not you, you doing something abhorrent, because someone wants to. Oh. All right. Oh, sorry. It's crazy. I know yeah. exactly what's on the deep fake. Yeah. There's a big thing it's with the, the porn and everything with the yeah. deep fakes. It's gonna be so, a problem. Yeah. Oh, and then you, you can get sued. Like you, you yeah. can put, you know, you could put Christian Bale in a porn video and, yeah, and or, sell it, and, and like. Yeah. At, well, at that point, people just that like that are in love with Christian Bale can now masturbate to Christian Bale. Yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, and I'm not complaining about that. There's not, a, there's not a thing he can do about it. <laughs> yeah, no. He's like Batman. Yeah. Where is she? <laughs> Where are the other drugs going? Where are they? <laughs> yeah. It's just fucking crazy. I don't know. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Hey. All right. Thank you, Austin. No and problem. Thank Thanks you for having else. me. This was awesome. It's fun. We got to hang out. Yeah. All right. Hang out in the green room. Got to, first time here. Yeah. I got a lot of wisdom from Les and uh, Norm. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's like a learning podcast. Yeah, know? that was. I was just... Yeah, that's why I'm trying to bring you guys in Yeah, here. I didn't feel like talking. I just wanted to, you know, just absorb everything that you he was should. saying. You guess, should. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Yeah. That's why I, I encourage a lot of other up-and-coming comedians listen to this fucking podcast. Because <laughs> you'll actually... You might learn some shit. as a lot oh, of Oh, no, gold. I've learned so much. A lot of gold uh, that spits I'm, out. I'm very glad that I've yeah. come here to do this. Yeah. It's sometimes it's scary. Like he was kind of freaking me out a little bit, making me think about you know my forty-year plan. I'm like, oh right. shit, you're right. Yeah, yeah I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, exactly. He's fucking selling T-shirts on the side of the road. You know. Oh, I know. You see some of those guys that look so dead in the eyes. They do. Like, yeah. And they're selling their T-shirts and their merch. Yeah. Like, That's why I appreciate David Tell. I'm like, man, he he knew what he wanted to do. Right. He didn't know. So in other words, anything that that broke that 
that went that that went past that expectation was great. So when he had Insomniac, that was great. He didn't plan for that. That was his goal yeah. wasn't to get Insomniac a TV <laughs> show. He just wanted to be a road comic. <laughs> he just wanted to be on the fucking road. Never got married. Never right. had kids. None of that shit. But he's uh, he's happier than ever. Prolific. And he's fucking amazing. Comedian. Yeah. Every single person they regard him as one of the best. Oh, he's one of the best joke tellers, and he's just oh, so yeah. good. So, oh yeah. So good on stage. I mean, fuck. Did you watch um, Road Work? No, not that. Well. Uh, something's burning I was gonna say no, with no. Uh, Burt Kreischer no, no, no. Attell and uh, Gilbert Gottfried no shit fantastic wow the two of them cause Attell and Gar- Gottfried it, they, yeah they bounce off just, each other oh they're so great have you seen dude. Bumpin' Mikes yes they that did that was great I loved that I loved everything they yeah. did there uh, him and Jeffrey Jeffrey Ross is another guy I don't think oh, he, right. I don't think he ever really planned to be you know that big name no he just, just kind of found it. his way into the roast thing and it, it stuck and he's good at it yeah. he found his niche yeah exactly and so did dave i think we all have to do that you know yeah. i've been thinking about i'll talk to you a little bit off of uh, off yeah. mic about what what i thought but uh but hey man thanks for being here yeah, and no uh, problem, we're gonna try man, to go anytime. and jet over this open mic guys <laughs> so if you're listening and you're a comedian you should work your ass off and you know get places bye good night yes thank you all right good night guys for listening to another episode of the conversation podcast here at mccurdy's comedy theater please go to our website mccurdyscomedy.com for all of our upcoming shows and events we actually have a lot of great headliners coming in at the end of the year and uh, at the beginning of next year so please check that out if you like norm stoltz please follow him at his website at normstoltz.com that's n-o-r-m-s-t-u-l-z And if you like Chris Gorgeous, please go to his uh, website, GorgeousComedy.com. That's G-O-R-G-E-S Comedy.com. And uh, Austin Young, I think he's on Twitter and Facebook. Just look him up, Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N-Y-O-U-N-G. He's a giant person. And he's a huge Florida fan, so you can't miss him. Look for him on Facebook. He'll he'll be killing it real soon. All right, guys. Thank you again, and uh, we'll see you next time.